Welcome to Try Friend Heroes, a Legend of Goose podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ellen. <laughs> I'm Kayla. And I'm sadly not Groose. I'm just awesome. <laughs> it can only be one. <laughs> yeah, really. I was really mad at the when Girahim insulted Groose's hair. I like completely <laughs> 180 him on, in my all of my feelings about Groose, which I think is the point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But still, <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "No, how dare you insult him!" And then I was like, "I was really mad at him." Like, <laughs> it's like only I can insult Gruce's hair. Yeah, only I can insult Gruce's hair and be mad about him being obnoxious or whatever. But no. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> in this game, uh, Skyward Legend of Gruce Skyward Sword, a young guy who cares named Link. <laughs> of, of Skyloft dives down below the floating island to save his friend Zelda, but then the two end up on a quest to awaken as a goddess and also awaken as a hero to save the world from demise again. Or for the first time? Question mark. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> when I wrote that line originally, I was like, I'm going to be clever and say they're fight- saving the world again for the first time because I'm talking about how Skyward Sword is like the first <laughs> game in the series, and then after I wrote it, I finished watching the playthrough where they go back in time, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so, like, <that's... laughs> My joke is accurate. How dare. <laughs> anyway, this highly critically acclaimed game was released for the Wii originally in November 2011 and sold 3.67 million copies, which is not the most, but not the least. <laughs> I think it's like more than Spirit Tracks, but less than Phantom Hourglass, hmm. if I am not mistaken. Yeah, I don't... And then it... I only realized later that the stats page I was looking at, which I always link, which you can look at in the episode notes for this episode, um, also has re-releases separated. Because the re-release for this, so the Switch version, sold like 3.8 something million copies. So it sold more than the original version. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's more... I think there's more Wii consoles. I mean, sorry. I think there's more Switch consoles than yeah, there are Wii consoles. Yeah. If you kind of like look at the Wii era other than like twilight princess there's this kind of like dip in the total sales of like all these games and then for breath of the wild it's like 30 million copies mm-hmm. so mm. i think there's yeah. i think a lot of people yeah. owned wii's but i think a lot of them weren't playing games like zelda i think they were playing wii bowling <laughs> yeah. and mario yes. party mm-hmm. actually a lot did of I... that hype had died down by the time skyward sword came out yeah it was, a it was more toward the end of the lifespan pretty sure the wii u came out in 2012 right i thought we were mm-hmm. talking about this when we talked about Twilight Princess, because I talked about the Wii U then, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was 2012. So it was kind of the end days of the Wii when this game mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They really only figured out how to make the Wiimote do what they wanted it to do toward the end of the Wii's <laughs> life. So yeah. then they were like, now we can release Skyward Sword. <laughs> sword fighting game. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sword fighting in this game, too. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a good way, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what they always wanted to do when they were planning the Wii sword fighting. I'm 100% sure. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% sure that it was the Wii wasn't meant to be put into a gun attachment. However, (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about it in a couple months. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think actually I was looking. Hold on, wait. Let me look at my. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I thought I saw that the sales for Link's crossbow training were like pretty high. <laughs> Least crossbow training sold 5.79 million copies. That's almost as much as the first, like the Wii sales and the Switch sales for this game. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that made me chuckle when I saw that. 
Yeah, that was back when the when the Wii gimmick games were still fun and exciting. So. Yeah, and I literally bought that fucking. Uh, it was a, it came with an attachment. I bought the attachment just to play that game, mm-hmm. which I think we've discussed <laughs> before. But yeah, um, and it was really fun. But yeah, so it sold more. <laughs> it sold less. This game sold less than Link's Crossbow Training, just for the record, <laughs> <laughs> on the original console that it debuted on, which is hilarious to me. Um. Okay, sorry, I got lost in my notes. What was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> highly critical acclaim, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, and it, sold, it was re-released on the Wii U Virtual Console in 2016, and then it was re-released for the Switch in, I think, 2021. Like all Zelda games, it was super highly critically acclaimed, but then people had their complaints, as mm-hmm. per usual. Like, the motion controls were kind of hard to use. I think that was one complaint. And then people don't like V because they don't like Navi, and mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. like how verbose V is, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think she's so unhelpful that she becomes hilarious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's like an 80% chance that Zelda is here. I'm like, do you think, V? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, she is like the consciousness of a sword. So Mm -hmm. maybe we need to cut her some slack. She's not even as... Yeah, as far as swords go, she's a great conversationalist. (laughs) (laughs) Because like Navi Navi and like Tattle are, are fairies. They're like ethereal beings. She's like a consciousness of an object like you know i don't know (laughs) some of the other like criticism at the time was like that the gameplay elements were kind of um expected oh and also that it was very linear i think that people didn't like Mm -hmm. that even Mm -hmm. compared to a game like for example majora's mask where like you can like fast travel to places you could still fast travel anywhere you'd you'd been you didn't have to like go in like you could go from one statue to another which i don't think you could do which you can't do in Skyward Sword. You have to go like back up to the sky and like fly around to like be able to land mm-hmm. in a different place and stuff. So I don't know. I, that's just one of the comments that people had in general. But I thought it was a good game, which we can talk about later <laughs> in our impressions. Anyway, now it's my time to seamlessly segue to you, Kayla. <laughs> Yay! For to summarize the Legend of Groose, <laughs> Skyward Sword. <laughs> How many more times can I make that joke before it's not funny? <laughs> hmm. I think, uh, about I'm, two less than you have i think <laughs> i bet like one more time but it has to be in like half like mm-hmm. three quarters of the way through the recording or something yeah i was gonna say you need to let it lie for a while and yeah. then you can get one last zinger in exactly i'll save it i won't i'm gonna forget <laughs> <laughs> unless except for when we start talking about Gruson, and how he's great Mm-hmm. All right. Buckle up, because I tried to make this succinct and it's still five pages long. Sometimes I'd be playing the game and I'd be like, why am I here again? So yeah. enjoy. <laughs> Thousands of years ago, not long after the three golden goddesses created the world and the sacred Triforce, the earth suddenly cracked open and the demon king demise and his malevolent forces rushed through, destroying the land and killing all who stood in their way as they sought the great power granted by the Triforce. The Triforce had been left in the protection of a goddess named Hylia. Fearing for the safety of her own people, Hylia gathered all the humans and the Triforce on an outcropping of land and sent it high into the sky, out of the reach of the demon hordes. Then she and the rest of the surface dwellers fought back the demon king and sealed him away, restoring peace. In the present day, the people of Hylia have become a thriving society above the clouds, centered on an island called Skyloft. A boy named Link and a girl named Zelda, friends since childhood, both train at the Night Academy, where they learn to fly skillfully on giant birds known as Loftwings and protect the people of Skyloft. And today is the wing ceremony, where some of the students compete for the honor of playing the role of the chosen hero to Zelda's goddess in a traditional reenactment. Despite some interference from local jealous bully Groose, Link handily wins and earns this sweet private moment with Zelda as they perform the ritual atop Skyloft's enormous goddess statue. 
After this, they go on a nice flight together on their loft wings, and that's when everything goes wrong, as a tornado suddenly whips up out of nowhere and knocks Zelda from her bird. She plummets down through the clouds, and the Link tries to dive after her. He is also thrown by the winds and knocked unconscious, though his loftwing manages to catch him and carry him to safety. Before he wakes, he has a vision of a strange figure calling out to him, telling him that she is waiting and it is time. He sees that same figure again in the waking world, and follows her to a secret room within the statue of the goddess. I always pronounced it as Fi, but everyone else I hear says Fee. Oh, I always thought it was Fi. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just called her Fee, but I don't think it matters. Does everybody mm-hmm. call her that? I don't know. Everyone I've heard in like videos, I see he says Fee, but I've always said Fi, so I'm probably going to say Fi to the summary. Just Go for it. <laughs> I don't think... Alerting people. We don't know. I don't think there's an official pronunciation because there's no dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> there's no dialogue that is understandable in any language, at least, yeah. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I saw... I think I was like Fi, like Sky, right? I guess so. Uh, some say Fay. Hmm. Some of the names, all the it's other translations are Fay. Yeah, it's definitely not that. Like, <laughs> I wonder what the um, what the Japanese text is. I was trying to find it, but it doesn't say mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, why hmm. don't you say in this in this Zelda wiki? What the hell? <laughs> Fee is meant to appear between thirteen and fourteen years old. Is that so? I feel like she hmm. seems older. Yeah, something about her does seem old. Wait, she has wing- arms. Hyrule Story explains that Fee actually has arms under the winged gown, but they don't appear game in game because there was no need for them. <clears throat> don't lie to me. Uh, yeah, in the table of names it says French Fay French. Oh, it's French Canada for some reason. Mm. Um, German is Fay F F P H A I. I don't know how to pronounce that in German. Sorry. Uh, here's what I found. It looks like in Japanese it is Fay. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Hey, vindication. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you do you. Anyway, sorry, uh-huh. I just thought about that as I'm looking at her name there. <laughs> every Almost every time we record, I'm like, is that how you say it? Because <laughs> yeah. they never say anybody's names out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so. Here she introduces herself as Fi, a being created by the goddess for the sole purpose of aiding Link in his destined role as the chosen hero. She bids him to draw the sword resting in a pedestal at the room's center, assuring him that Zelda is still alive and also has a destined role to play here, so following his own is the best way to meet her again. This wipes away any trace of doubt Link had, and he rushes forward to draw the sword. Fi tells him more of the long, arduous journey he must embark upon in order to prevent disaster befalling the world, then provides him with the means of piercing the cloud barrier below Skyloft and descending to the surface, a place thought only legend to the people of the sky. The first place Link reaches in this land below is the ruins of an ancient temple, which overlooks a large, spiraling pit with an ominous black spike at its center a place known as the Sealed Grounds. An old woman resides within the temple, and she greets Link like an expected guest, telling him that Zelda also arrived here not long ago, but also notes that an evil force seems to be trying to warp the events that should follow. She tells Link that Zelda headed into Faron Woods in pursuit of her destiny, and urges Link to go after her. He does so, reaching a temple at the heart of the woods and descending into its depths. There he meets not Zelda, but a strange being called Girahim, who calls himself a demon lord and claims credit for the tornado that knocked Zelda from the sky. He taunts Link for a bit, telling him about how easily Zelda should have fallen into his hands if she weren't snatched away by some servant of the goddess. Even the memory of this disruption to his plans makes him angry, and he eventually lashes out at Link. Link is able to hold his own better than Girahim expected, but he gets bored of the fight once he senses Zelda is no longer nearby and continues on his way, warning that he won't hold back if Link gets in his way again. Link continues into the temple's final chamber, which holds a sacred spring, one of two where Zelda must purify herself as part of her role in all of this. 
Zelda has already moved on, but Link does receive the means to access the next spring within the Elden region and continues his pursuit of her. On his way, he encounters the servant of the goddess Girahim spoke of, a stern woman named Impa, who scolds Link for taking too long to reach them and for being generally ill-prepared for the task at hand. She's really sassy to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she refuses to let him speak to Zelda when they meet at the heart of the next temple, urging Zelda forward along her own path and telling Link to get good so he can protect her properly. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying. <laughs> I was like, I fucking ran all the way here after her. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Literally every place I went to. <laughs> this sets Link toward his next destination, the Gate of Time within the Laneru region, a place fittingly unsettled in time itself. He reaches it quick enough to satisfy even Impa, arriving just in time to intervene in an attack by Girahim, saving Impa and buying enough time for Zelda to flee through the gate, but not before she passes the sacred goddess harp onto him, telling him he'll need it going forward. Impa runs to follow Zelda, pausing long enough to tell Link to go back to the old woman at the sealed grounds and tell her what has happened, and then destroys the gate of time behind them to prevent Girahim from following. Girahim rages for a bit at this, but claims to be in too much of a rush to solve this new problem to properly punish Link, and so leaves him unharmed for now. Heeding Impa's words, Link returns to the sky so that he can travel to the sealed grounds again. His descent this time involves an unexpected passenger, however, as her old buddy Groose, <laughs> tired of watching Link's mysterious comings and goings while receiving no news on Zelda's whereabouts, has decided to hurl himself bodily after Link toward the surface. <laughs> they amazingly both manage to land without dying. <laughs> and then Groose has a minor existential crisis over the surface actually being a real place, and one containing unnaturally tiny birds, no less. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my favorite parts of the whole game <laughs> it's like and they're small <laughs> I've had the birds all like like him and are like landing on him and yeah he's like fucking Snow White <laughs> <laughs> it's like they run away from me when I try to catch him <laughs> yeah mm. I have to use my little net to like get mm -hmm. any of just the feathers they leave behind or whatever of course, his usual conceited attitude soon reasserts itself, as he declares that they should call this place Grooseland, and tells Link that he'll take over the Zelda rescuing from here. He naturally doesn't take it well when the old woman at the temple tells him that someone else is fated to bring Zelda back, and he stomps off in a sulky temper as Link talks to the woman to tell her what happened. She tells Link that the harp he now carries is the key to finding Zelda, and teaches him how to play it properly. This summons forth a second, currently dormant, gate of time, but it also awakens something else. The ground begins to shake as within the spiraling pit outside, the spike at its center which seals a great evil has come loose, and a massive dark beast known as the Imprisoned surges forward from the ground and begins to climb. The old woman sends Link after it, warning that it must not escape the pit and reach the temple. Link is able to fight it back and replace the sealing spike, though the old woman warns that it won't hold for long. Everyone returns to the temple, and the old woman explains that Link and his sword must both grow stronger together before he can awaken the dormant gate of time. He must endure difficult trials and forge his blade in the heat of three sacred flames within the Faron, Elden, and Laneru regions. Witnessing all of this has also brought about a change in Groose, as seeing Link act so heroically while he could do nothing makes him concede that maybe the old woman was right, though she protests that he's selling himself short when he goes on to call himself useless. But either way, he willingly stands aside for Link to continue on his way. After a little investigation above the clouds, Link learns that in order to find the sacred flames, he must first earn three sacred relics that will allow him to move forward. There's a lot of sacred things in this game. There's mm -hmm. a lot of, like, you gotta go to this place, like, three times in a row, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not three times yeah, in a row. They, over and yeah, over they like again. The, uh, they like the three, the number three in this game. I mean, mm -hmm. in all Zelda games. The series likes it a lot, but this, this one specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's mm -hmm. three places, and you think you go to all of them three times, mm -hmm. right? Because you go the first time, yeah. then the Sacred Realm, then the get mm -hmm. the flames. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Silent Realm, not Sacred Realm. 
That's what we can. <laughs> Although you get the Triforce from there, so maybe the Silent Realm is the Sacred Realm. But mm-hmm. That's an open question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For later to be discussed. <laughs> he does this by passing three absolutely terrifying trials in a parallel <laughs> world known as the Silent Realm, <laughs> where he must collect tears of light without being murdered by horrible ghost robots. <laughs> <laughs> it's not traumatizing at all they're like the phantoms from aren't they kind of like the phantoms from what's it called phantom hourglass but scarier like way scarier yeah they're definitely reminiscent mm-hmm. of them because they got those little dudes that like wake oh yeah up yeah, they they spot oh, yeah. You. They do. yeah and also they kill you in like one yeah. swing and mm-hmm. they'll hunt you the fuck down if they see you yeah yes. although the phantoms were all cute because they were like Zelda style. I mean, uh, Wind Waker style. These are like yeah. horrifying Skyward Sword style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially <laughs> when they're just like pelting after you with their giant swords. With their scary music. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I think it was more traumatizing for us than for Link. I think he was fine. He seems fine. <laughs> the whole time he seems fine. Link, of course, succeeds at each trial and is able to seek out the sacred flames. And after his blade has been purified in all three, it finally fully awakens as the Master Sword. Link returns quickly to the sealed grounds, but before he can try to open the gate of time, the ground begins to shake as the imprisoned breaks free from its seal again. It sports some spiffy new arms to better climb out of the pit this time, <laughs> but fortunately a bit of self-reflection has given Groose a new sense of purpose in our absence. He's built an entire cannon and rail system, which he has of course named the Grusinator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's reasonable this time, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> Groose yeah. land, not reasonable, but Grusinator's definitely yes. reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> to help out by launching bombs at the beast whenever it begins to climb. Working together, Link and Groose manage to drive the imprisoned back again, at least for the moment. With that done, Link returns to the temple to open the Gate of Time and travels to the distant past, the world as it was shortly after the end of the war between Hylia and Demise. Here, Link finally meets with Zelda again, but it's a bittersweet reunion, with emphasis on the bitter. (laughs) Zelda tells him the story of that ancient war, but with a few new details at its end. After sealing away Demise, Hylia was gravely injured, and she realized that Demise's enormous power would allow him to break through that seal someday. She would not be able to stop him again, and it would mean the end of the world. To prevent this, Hylia put two plans into motion. The first was the creation of Phi, the spirit within the sacred sword with the sole purpose of guiding the chosen hero. The second was to give up her divinity so that she could one day be reborn in the body of a mortal. For while the incredible power of the Triforce had been created by the gods, it was made so that a god could never wield it in its entirety, and Hylia knew she would need that power to defeat Demise for good. Link is, of course, the chosen hero, and Zelda... Zelda is the goddess highly overborn. <laughs> gasp. <laughs> Cotton gin, gasp. No. I was too shocked. <laughs> you shocked into silence. Yes. She knew none of this before praying at the sacred springs, but now the memories of her past life have returned to her. With them came a great sense of purpose and knowledge of what must be done, but also a great sense of guilt, because the goddess, and Zelda in turn, manipulated Link to bring him to this point, knowing he would do whatever was needed if Zelda was in danger. He has overcome all the trials set before him and become a man of great wisdom, power, and courage, worthy of wielding the Triforce and capable of facing demise. Her guilt over using Link in such a way means Zelda has no qualms about playing her own role here. She must stay behind in the past to maintain the seal-holding demise, sleeping for thousands of years until he is finally defeated. And the Link rushes to try and stop her, Zelda holds to that, saying a teary farewell before sealing herself in an amber crystal for her long slumber. With nothing else he can do, Link retreats from her frozen form. He allows himself a moment of grief, then gathers his courage and moves forward, back through the gate into the present day. The old woman confirms that even now Zelda still sleeps within the sealed temple, holding the seal on demise, and she tells Link that the Triforce is believed to be hidden away somewhere on Skyloft, though no one knows any more than that. 
To discover its location, Link returns to the sky and seeks out an ancient protective spirit known as Levias, who is a giant whale, naturally. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Levias is currently having a little demonic parasite trouble, but Link sorts that out. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. The sky spirit tells him what's needed to find the Triforce, an ancient song known as the Song of the Hero, which will open the way. Levias holds the knowledge of one section of the song, and the three dragons living on the surface know the other three. Link seeks out the dragons and proves his worth to them to earn their parts of the song, then returns to Levias to hear the last. When played on the goddess harp, the song of the hero opens the way to another silent realm trial. And when Link completes it, he's able to reveal Sky Keep, a dungeon hidden below the goddess statue on Skyloft which houses the Triforce. Link travels through the dungeon to seek out each piece, then wishes upon the completed Triforce for the destruction of Demise. The gods hear his wish and answer it, sending the piece of Skyloft that holds the great statue plummeting down to the ground where it falls back into its proper place within the pit of the sealed grounds, crushing the imprisoned beneath as it makes one final attempt to escape its seal. And with that, the Demon King is finally defeated, which means the seal no longer needs to be maintained. Link rushes inside the temple to meet with Zelda as she reawakens from her long slumber. Everybody hugs and celebrates and has a grand old time, until Girahim arrives to crash the party. He's not real thrilled about his master being destroyed, but it's okay because he has a backup plan. Demise may be gone in the present day, but he still lives in the past, and with Zelda's goddess power, he can revive him. He snatches up Zelda and makes his way through the Gate of Time, pursued closely by Link. In the past, Link finds him at the bottom of the pit with Zelda's unconscious form, already in the middle of the ritual to revive his master. He sends hordes of demons after Link to hold him back, then fights him directly when Link cuts through them all to reach the bottom. Link emerges victorious, but unfortunately the ritual was still continuing even as they fought, and Girahim is ready to revive his master. The imprisoned bursts from the ground and begins to absorb energy from Zelda, enough to regain his true form as the Demon King Demise. Link stands firm even in the face of such an impossible adversary, and Demise is a bit impressed. All the humans he knew from the past had been weak and cowardly, but here's one willing to stand against him. He offers Link a one-on-one -on -one fight, and creates a separate battlefield for their match. Demise is an incredibly powerful foe, but Link matches him blow for blow, and finally defeats the Demon King. But Demise has one last curse before he falls. Swearing that his hatred will remain eternal, forever pursuing those who carry the blood of the goddess and the spirit of the hero, beginning an endless cycle of violence. But for now, there is peace. Phi bids Link to now lay the Master Sword to rest, allowing her to sleep forever within it, her task complete. But first she tells Link how much she treasured their time together, feeling an emotion that must be what humans call happiness. And this isn't the only friend to stay behind, as Impa, being of the ancient past, will also remain behind now that her work is done. She bids an emotional farewell to Zelda, but promises they will meet again. And this comes true immediately after the group return to the present, and the mysterious old woman reveals that she was Impa all along, having waited thousands... <laughs> yes, gasp. <laughs> I was like, I think that that's Impa, and then, <laughs> like, the very first time you see her. <laughs> and I was like, I was right. It's like, you shouldn't feel good about this. You shouldn't feel proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize she had that bracelet from the beginning, though, until I, like, I don't think back at that was revealed, footage. but I thought her braid looked suspiciously similar. Yeah. No, you can see her in, like, the... In, like, the early cutscene when she's introduced, she has that purple oh, bracelet does. on. Mm -hmm. I definitely mm. didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice until I went back to rewatch some of the mm. cutscenes. Oh. Anyway. Uh, the mysterious old woman reveals that she was Impa all along, having waited thousands of years to continue guiding Link and Zelda, and to meet her friend one final time. Now truly finished with her task and at peace, she fades away. Later, Link and Zelda stand atop the goddess statue, where they once merely played the roles of goddess and hero in a ceremony. Zelda tells Link that she wants to stay and live down here on the surface and watch over the Triforce. She asks Link what he thinks, and Link smiles. And that's the end. Yay. Mm -hmm.
Also, Groose cried the hardest when Impa faded mm-hmm. away. I'm <laughs> just oh, just yeah. throwing that out there. <laughs> they were BFFs. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, they fought off the prison like three or four times, whatever, many times together, so. Yeah. <laughs> and Groose was just chilling there that whole time, I guess, so I guess they like bonded or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have our very first uh, Link and Zelda and sort of Ganondorf in this game. <laughs> yeah, my interpretation of uh, Demise is that it's meant he gets reincarnated like Ganon. He has this like long part of his speech where he's like, and I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be reincarnated over and over again. And he also mm-hmm. looks like Ganon, like Ganon yeah. Dwarf, so. Yeah. yeah, the implication is that like his curse like kind of created the sort of reincarnation cycle of uh, Link and Zelda and Ganondorf, Ganondorf keeps coming back with his own hatred keeping him alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. That's this. That was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. But I like that the whole time it's like Girahim for the most part that you fight. Mm-hmm. He's the antagonist. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a weirdo, but he is a sword. So. <laughs> Did you say he is a sword? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I heard you correctly because that was what I heard. But I was like, "That's funny." And I was like, "Is that what she said, or did I just like?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's revealed to sort of be like the evil counterpart of Five, basically. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. They're mm-hmm. definitely set up as some kind of, um, they have some kind of dichotomy where they're, you know, their character designs are sort of like similar and their mm-hmm. behaviors are similar, but opposite. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I also thought Gerhim was like a better villain than Zant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Like they're both kind of like randos who want power, but mm-hmm. in the end, Zant was just like his, you know, all screamy and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Zant's goals were kind of like small time like, <laughs> he just wanted to rule the twilight i want to be in charge of the twilight here <laughs> mm-hmm. he was like i want to rule the world through all yeah. time mm-hmm. yeah. it's like i got a i got a better idea i'll just go back in time and yeah <laughs> it's from the beginning <laughs> we have uh it's the first time the goddess hylia is mentioned we've always had the uh three golden goddesses but mm-hmm. she seems to be like kind of subordinate to the the three main goddesses at least that's the impression i get yeah, I think like the it's like the difference between like the Olympians and the or no, what are they called? You know, there's like titans? the gods before the Greek gods. Yeah, the like the like Krona, yeah, the Titans, the Titans. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah, they're like the Titans, and she's like a just a, a goddess, I guess. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the the gods created the Triforce, but then couldn't use them use it themselves or whatever, and they created like mm-hmm. land and whatever in other in other lore and other Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Hylia just took it upon herself to like, like to give up her divinity to be reincarnated as a mortal mm-hmm. to be able to control the Triforce or whatever. So yeah, yeah, and then she set up all this shit along the way to like, yeah. <laughs> like set up the sword and like fight in the sword or feed in the sword, fight in the sword, and then like all the tasks and then. Gave the hero song only parts of the song to all the dragons. It was all orchestrated. Mm-hmm. To make yeah. it challenging mm-hmm. for the hero, mm-hmm. so <laughs> by hi- by Hylia, that was the implication mm-hmm. that I gathered from this. Yeah, yeah, she had a lot of plans. Yeah, she's like, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna not just send the Triforce up to the sky, not just, <laughs> but also lay all of these other plans <laughs> around this to protect the Triforce. Mm-hmm. I think that tri- the Triforce was in Skyloft the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly where you would expect it, right underneath the goddess statue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was protected by the most difficult challenge, a sliding puzzle. <laughs> yeah, I noticed mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that that's true. And then also, mm-hmm. it was also like kind of in 
it was hidden in the rock, but it also like expanded. So I think it was sort of like mm -hmm. magically compressed. Like you can't get in normally. Yeah. All those other places in the map that you can yeah, you visit, you to... can just walk in the door. That's why there's a bunch of enemies in there by the time mm -hmm. you get there. Yeah, you I had guess. to you had to get the songs, play the song, beat the silent realm, put the the statue? stone in the bird statue, and yeah. then it would reveal the the entrance. This is what I'm saying. So. She Hylia yeah. <laughs> created a whole bunch of <laughs> crap around <laughs> protecting the the Triforce, and Gary mm -hmm. had all these plans. It's like, bro, did you even go to the silent realm? Like, listen. <laughs> have you been? <laughs> Do you even silent realm? Do you even silent realm? <laughs> I like that there's like dialogue on, related to the silent realm. There's some dialogue that Fi is like, I won't be able to help you or whatever here. And it's like, yeah, in the silent realm, nobody can hear you scream. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you don't have any equipment. Any, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. When I, uh, we were talking before we started recording that, uh, like, I managed to get through the first three silent realms in the first go, but I had to restart on the very last tier a couple of times on the uh, Skyloft Silent Realm. Mm -hmm. And like every time you die, you'll have a Fi has like a little dialogue where she's like, Master, I'm afraid you failed the test, blah, blah. And like every time I'm like, I know, Fi. <laughs> <laughs> every time she says something, I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, whenever I'm like losing to an enemy, I hear the little jingle of her like trying to offer advice. I'm like, I don't I need to offer advice. <laughs> I remember one time it was like, like, I know what I'm doing, I just can't do it. <laughs> There was one time that the five went to give advice and then I clicked on it and it was like, you should probably refill your hearts. I was like, I fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I'm glowing right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. apparently they yeah. toned down. I played the, I played the Switch remake of mm -hmm. this. I don't think we talked about mm -hmm. which versions we've actually played yet, but I played the Switch remake and apparently they toned down like how much she interacts with you mm. for the remake I heard. So it didn't bother me that much. Yeah. It didn't bother me that much. I played the original, but I just... The same thing with Navi. I just didn't press the button. Yeah, just don't, don't have <laughs> yeah. to interact. Yeah. And her little chime is more less obtrusive than the, Hey, listen. So, no, yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's only when I was already frustrated from dying at something that I'd be like, shut I know up, if I... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> at least the one thing that annoyed me about, like, Navi is like, this door's locked. You can't go in. It's like, I know. Yeah. I just tried to open it. You don't got to tell me. This is like the fifth <laughs> dungeon we've been on. I just accidentally yeah. clicked A here. Like, why? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. You know? Yeah. So. I do think some of Fi's stuff is so obvious it becomes hilarious. Like, yes. I sent you a, a screenshot, but it's like after the, the big long cutscene where you wish on the Triforce and the statue descends to the ground and crushes the imprison. It's this big dramatic thing. She's like, a... she's like, Master, I can confirm that the Isle of the Goddess has returned to the surface. I'm like, no shit, fine. We wrote it down here. Also, I think she's also like, there's like a 90% chance that the imprisoned is gone. It's like, or like, I've calculated the imprisoned has been destroyed. It's like, I fucking saw it get crushed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. That was pretty amusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did like her little goodbye, though. It was sweet. I thought it was yeah. sweet, too. Mm -hmm. She's like, I hope we'll be mm -hmm. together again. And it's like, oh, I know we will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of heartwarming to think that. It's like, oh, the, it's, there's a spirit in the sword. It's like always mm -hmm. waiting to re to reunite with its master every time we draw it. I think that that's... It's like, isn't it a, had been sort of established in other games that the master sword like almost has consciousness? Like, a, mm -hmm. kind it's of... It's, it's waiting. It's definitely established to have some kind of... yeah. There's a connection between connection to Link the, and the Master the Sword. Yeah, yeah for, for yeah. sure. So I think this game 
in general does a good job of tying a bunch of like random elements from other zelda stories together into like one mm -hmm. cohesive story origin story which is really good mm -hmm. nice yeah this is like it's definitely one of the most firmly placed in the timeline and like the most like connected to other games like explicitly because there's a lot of people who are like i guess it goes here and <laughs> <laughs> This one is like, it's definitely the origin story. This is definitely yeah. the origin of the Master Sword. All mm -hmm. this was orchestrated by Hylia. Zelda is Hylia. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and then like, just like, mic drop. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. While still leaving wiggle room for future games to do things with it. Because mm -hmm. it's Zelda. I mean, you can do whatever. Because mm -hmm. it's also the first mm -hmm. one. And like, all these other yeah. games have come after. And there's like, you know, like Breath of the Wild is like a completely different Mm -hmm. game like the lore is mm -hmm. there but all the other yeah. elements of the game are completely different so it doesn't mm -hmm. stop anything yeah one thing that's kind of interesting is like i feel like the game kind of implies that the uh the goddess's chosen hero that they talk about at the beginning was just like this link time traveling but i feel like it could also actually be that she had a chosen hero back then and there's actually a like prequel manga chapter what that hmm. has like a uh it's in the back of the uh hyrule historia book so oh. it's semi-official um that has like a a separate like uh, like chosen hero that was around during Hylia's time during the war. Did he wear a green cap though and a green? He looks tunic? pretty linkish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. It's funny too because I was flipping through the back to the back of my Hyrule Historia to find it, and when I got to the front there, it had a had had a little stop. This is the back of the book. <laughs> 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 Manga is read the other way. Wow, what a I was throwback! Like, oh, nostalgic. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, another form of Impa, one of one that actually has some personality, which usually doesn't get too mm, much of, yep. mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. which is fun. Mm -hmm. I do like the little like that she was the old woman, yeah, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's also similar to her in like Breath of the Wild as well, because she was there in the mm -hmm. past, and then yeah. and then she's there yeah. in the present like, when you're playing mm -hmm. as Link too. Just I guess it's kind of established. I feel like it's sort of been implied in the back, but it establishes that the Shiga have a really long lifespan. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I guess that is implied by the other games, because mm -hmm. uh, Impa's in... Is Impa in the old adult timeline in Ocarina of Time as well? Yeah. Yeah, she's... so I thought. Mm -hmm. or, or I'm wait. not sure if she's there directly, but they talk about her like like she has a house in Kakariko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she's, like, helped it, helped she's one of the sages. People. Oh, right, right, right. Wait, yeah, she's one of the sages. Yeah. Yeah, so I think she was there up until she went and <laughs> tried to fight the uh, shadow whatever temple guy. Mm -hmm. Became Oh yeah, on, she went into mm -hmm. the well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> was it the well? No. The no. graveyard. Well, it's the, yeah. Although I don't know, I it that, seemed like huh? didn't the I think it came out of the well and took up residence yeah. in the shadow temple. Yeah. yeah. Bongo bongo, I guess. Mm-hmm. I haven't been that long since we played that game, and it, that game wasn't as complicated as this game. But I already forgot so many things. We played a lot of Zelda games. Yeah, I don't. They're yes. all. I think I said almost all of them. Really, almost mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah, almost all of them. Yeah, we got what two more mainline games? Uh, yeah, yeah and not Tears, of, Tears, of not counting Tears of the Kingdom. Next is mm -hmm. Only Between Worlds and Breath of the Wild, and that's that's it mm -hmm. for Tears of the Kingdom, which mm -hmm. is technically on our list, but yeah, it's just not currently playable no yeah. as we speak <laughs> this episode comes out may 1st and that game comes out may 12th so it will be very mm -hmm. imminently playable when this game mm -hmm. when this yes. comes out and then we have a uh, secret best zelda character groose mm -hmm. is it a secret <laughs> although i always talk about how beetle is like a most important character in every game and he was in this game he was there mm -hmm. but i think groose oh, is yeah. the most important character mm -hmm. 
<laughs> obviously. He's a lot of fun because he starts it's out fun. as just kind of a stereotypical bully character, mm -hmm. but he's yeah. turns out to be a good boy. I was like annoyed by his presence <laughs> in the beginning of the game because I was just like, I don't <laughs> want. I don't want this dynamic in this yeah. game. Like, this is yeah. like a fantasy game. We should be, this should mm -hmm. be like, you know, like it's a war between good and evil and whatever. And we're starting out a fucking school drama. Like, I don't, I was <laughs> sort of annoyed at the beginning, but then I came to love Groose as, a, <laughs> as one as should, basically. Because he joined the fight and whatever and whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the legend of Groose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love how like Link's not even that bothered by him in the beginning, but then like no. after they like fall down onto into the surface together, and he's like freaking out. Link's just like pats him on the arm, yeah. and, like explains what's going on. Link is a yeah. well, Link is a good boy. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's very expressive in this game, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. Still quiet though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this game like all the like there's been a slow a gradual increase in voice acting in the last couple of games that we played. This mm -hmm. game also had substantial voice acting, I would say, compared to the last one. There mm -hmm. were a lot more voice actor credits. Mm -hmm. Probably, like, Phytox the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. a lot of dialogue. Yes. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of... And, and Girahim has a lot of dialogue, like, noises also. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I noticed Impa even says, like, an actual, like, you know, made-up language word mm -hmm. to like zelda during mm -hmm. one of the cutscenes and stuff when she like urges her to go forward through the mm -hmm. gate and stuff i was like hey she's talking, talking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it seems so i don't know it's funny like in retrospect after playing breath of the wild where there's like full voice acted mm -hmm. cutscenes and stuff <laughs> where it's like oh they're talking oh you know and like compared to like <laughs> yeah. i don't know ocarina of time where like nobody talks yeah except mm -hmm. for like Oi, or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know if they do yeah. that. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it was mostly just, hey, listen, hey. in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Hey. I don't think anyone else really. I don't think anybody else talks. Mm -hmm. And then the Zora King scooching noises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not talking, just to be fair. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I might have forgotten the plot, but I'll never forget the Zora King scooching. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the bosses go, Girahim is probably the most notable one. You fight him three times? I think three times, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Has yes. to be. And, and the imprisoned also, right? Yeah, and the imprisoned you fight three God, times. How you just cut off his toes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really the, this is really what we're attacking in this? The first one, the first time. Mm -hmm. And then his little mm -hmm. thingies in the second yeah. one. I was yeah. like, I feel bad cutting off his toes. Like, that's, and that's <laughs> the only thing. And then you have to like hit the spike into his head. But I was like, yeah. he just needs his toes to, to balance? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't ask questions because it wasn't that hard of a fight, but it's just like, mm -hmm. really? We're, we're okay. Really? <laughs> okay. But you do need toes to balance, so I guess. It makes I guess, sense. and he doesn't have arms until the third time, yeah. so. It's kind of fun once you get the cannon involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That seemed mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we talked about a lot of the fights in what's it called? Spear Tracks, where there's two people. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. wasn't maybe it was Phantom Hourglass. Well, well Phantom Hourglass had it, and Spe uh, Tracks had Zelda. They both had one at least. Yeah, yeah but like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spirit Tracks had the one with like the little Goron dude. That's what I was thinking of, where mm -hmm. you, where you like yeah. roll around, or whatever. So it's kind of like it reminded me of that fight, actually. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think the other boss that stood out to me the most is uh, Kalactos, the terrifying. Uh, oh yeah, automaton guy with the giant mm -hmm. swords. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that's a cool fight because you like the whip rip off rip off his limbs with the whip yeah. and then take the giant sword to like cut the rest of them off yep yeah and you have to pick up his giant sword which is hilarious mm-hmm. and then chop yeah. him up i mean and then also yeah. the fi- the cut scene at the end when he dies is also horrifying too yeah and does a little like children's giggle we'll giggle and then <laughs> stare yeah. at you stare at soulless mm-hmm. stare at you yeah it's definitely horrifying yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that fight actually reminded yeah. me of also of breath of the wild kind of like the guardian fights because like a lot of them have like multiple limbs and you can like remove them and stuff okay yeah yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. i was thinking like the ones that are in the shrines not like the big ones but yeah Mm -hmm. the major slash minor tests of strength ones (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. most of the enemies are uh, returning but uh, a lot of them have kind of been rearranged so that they have like specific sword strike Mm -hmm. you need where you have to like bokoblins and stalfos will like hold up their weapons to block from certain angles. Yeah, those bastards. Mm-hmm. And then what? <laughs> yeah, and you got like the Deku Babas that open their mouth in one direction or the other, and you have to slice mm-hmm. along that. Yep. And then there were the terrifying guardians in the Silent Realm. You can't yes. fight them though, so no. Yeah. <laughs> they are terrifying, and they are guardians. <laughs> <laughs> the big tall ones design is kind of similar to the Dark Nuts from. Um, wind waker i thought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a more horrifying face instead of a little anubis yes. face yeah yeah especially the way they like hold their swords when mm-hmm. they're inactive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like a lot of the dark nuts throughout the series yeah, they just wait for you. like that before you before you approach them horrifyingly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know the floaty guys were just spooky i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they were spooky there's like um tantalus or whatever the oh, yeah. remind me of bellum yeah. with all the tentacles Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty similar yeah. it was silly looking but i really like that fight <laughs> yeah that um whole level had a lot of atmosphere where you're in the yeah, pirate ship really good yeah yes. good yeah, yeah that was a good one i think everything in Lanero is really top i love the time yes. flipping. The time shifts, yes so, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it like and i was like this is dumb the first time that i went up to turn it's like oh you should turn on the time shift thing to go back in time and it's like whatever and then i was like this is pretty rad and like the way yeah. that you like they're on like objects like they're on mine carts and you have to like follow mm-hmm. them or whatever mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff that was actually really cool yeah yeah i just love the way it changes the like and color the color and music and the yes. world yeah. yes yeah. i like that you can push enemies outside of it and they just turn into bones too did yeah. you do that <laughs> i definitely did that and it was great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like ha, 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 jokes on you yes. <laughs> i'm in the past and you're in the future <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic, and I I longed to do it more, but mm-hmm. I wasn't able most times. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. as a sort of a seamless segue to I don't know either mechanics or visuals, whatever's next. <laughs> yeah, um, mechanics do, generally. Let's do so. mechanics. Talk about the okay. the Wii, Wii Motion Plus all over the place <laughs> in this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this game uh, used the Wii Motion Plus, which was an updated. Um, well, I think there was either an attachment you put onto your old Wiimotes yeah. or they made updated remotes with it mm-hmm. yeah. already in, in, in integrated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it just is has much more precise uh, reading of the position of your Wiimote. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could be more exact in how you're positioning it, which ways you're moving it, and things like that. You use that and the nunchuck to the the Wiimote itself to control the sword generally and the nunchuck i think was used for the for the shield shield yeah and to run and Um, to run around right yeah 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 um 
And then they re-released the game for the Switch, and the Joy-Con. Switch Joy-Cons have <laughs> the motion controls as well. Yeah. So you can play it the same way, or you can use the Pro Controller, or I think just the Joy-Cons without yeah, motion controls. Yeah, you can turn the motion control off, which is really whack, mm-hmm. um, at least in my opinion, because I tried it. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm tired of swinging my arms or flailing constantly mm-hmm. while playing this game what are the mo- on motion controls like and they're very strange mm-hmm. i don't know if you're going to talk about it Cosm. yeah well because that's uh how i played it is i oh, had i used the pro controller i struggled i was like absolutely not happening mm-hmm. <laughs> with that you use the c stick to uh control which where which direction the sword would be pointing yeah do you like flick this the stick like you or you just like wiggle it back and forth like yeah, I mean, if you do, like, if the stick is neutral and you just slash down, uh, Link will go from up to down. Hmm. So you don't have to start up and then go down, necessarily, to do a full uh, slash. But for certain things, like the Girahim fights, where you have to, mm-hmm. like, hold your sword to the right, you'd have to, you know, move the stick yeah, there, you... and then go from left to right. Yeah, if you in order hold to get the, him. if you want to hold the stick, the sword in a certain position, you have to hold the stick. So, like to do like the Skyward Strike, you have to hold the stick up, like you point it yes. up, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very it's inter- an interesting adaptation, though. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it took me a little bit to get used to, but I, by the end of it, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. it worked well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was always I played the the Wii version, like I said, and so like even just thinking about them, like I don't know how you would adapt this because <laughs> it's like there are a lot of games around especially the early Wii development cycle where it was like, this didn't need to be motion controls, but <laughs> mm-hmm. like they kind of were really designed to be motion controls for this one. Yeah. So it's like, you can't just like take it away and make, put, put a button prompt. You have to do some interesting stuff with it. Mm-hmm. So no, and you have to be it's like twilight sword, like twi- twilight, sword. <laughs> uh, twilight princess was um, <laughs> like easy to transfer back to button controls. Yeah. It was originally made for button controls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but like this, there's, there's like specific like you already talked about some of the enemies and stuff but they're often like the mechanic that you have to do is a specific motion of the sword it's not just mm-hmm. like swing your sword like in, oh, in Twilight yeah. princess you can just like wiggle the wii remote all around like there's no mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oh delicately turn this key or mm-hmm. you have to jab or hit these yeah hit these buttons yeah. from the right direction in the right order yes. to unlock mm-hmm. this door exactly kind of yeah. exactly yeah. So, like, a lot of the mechanics depend on you doing something very specific. So I think I think it does translate to the buttons well. I just found it. It was too... Mm-hmm. I'm not coordinated enough for it. Maybe I could learn it. Yeah. But it was, like... Yeah. It was easier mm-hmm. to... It was definitely, I think, more intuitive to, like, swing the sword around, which I think was their whole mm-hmm. point. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, so if you if you haven't played this game or whatever, and you because you don't want to use the motion controls or you can't, there's an adaptation. There's a way to uh, not use motion controls for the Switch version. So mm-hmm. try it. I don't know. I yeah. thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very different than other Zelda games, though, where you can just, like, spam B for the sword. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to actually, like, move your thumb and think about it. Oh, yeah, and Cosm, the other thing is, like, that same the same joystick is used for the camera. So there's, like, you hold yes. you have to hold a button and then move the stick to use the camera, which mm-hmm. I was not, not on board with. But yeah, I'm really yeah, picky that was about definitely... the camera in my game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Although I think even it, with the Joy-Cons, um, like, you could only change the camera controls during certain times. Like, you couldn't run and adjust the camera, which mm-hmm. is very strange. Yeah, the, I don't know um, if that was... The Wii version doesn't really have the camera controls. I thought it was um, fixed, kind of. You can uh, center it behind yourself. Mm-hmm. 
but otherwise it mostly like it does a pretty good job of keeping up with you looks like ocarina of time you can like center it behind yourself to like make precise jumps and stuff but yeah i don't know it's just the way that i play games is that Mm -hmm. i just like to spin the camera around like a crazy person yeah so it's definitely kind of hard to go back to things that don't have camera controls just because they're tend to be so like well integrated nowadays yeah yeah just kind of move move the camera second nature with your Mm -hmm. with your left thumb yeah like you move both like i move (laughs) both at the same time surely Mm -hmm. like and without even thinking about it and then in games we've played some that have fixed or relatively fixed like all the n64 ones like there's no free camera right so Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like you can i think you can use the c buttons like to adjust it sort of but i think Mm -hmm. it was pretty locked so yeah and you can look around like you can transition into view where you can like look through link's perspective or whatever but yeah. Oh, so for uh, gameplay, um, this game has well. Uh, so a new mechanic is the Skyward Strike. You hold your sword straight up and you charge the sword, and it shoots at a beam, similar to how in a lot of the two D games, if you're at full health, you can shoot a beam from your sword. Mm-hmm. Similar sort of thing, but uh, the implementation is a bit different in how you do it. Um, and this game has stamina. Um, so you have to manage your running jump, well, certain jumping, rolling, spin attacks, all that to make sure you don't run out or you're sort of exhausted and can't really move or do a whole lot of You sink into quicksand and die. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, you sink into quicksand and die. Um. It also, it turns into your, like, water meter when you swim. It's a different... For your air. Different rather. meter. It's, it's, it's the same mechanic, but if you enter the water with, like, lower than full stamina, I don't think your, your water is... I don't know. I didn't try, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, you can go underwater and you have a meter that drains, that's your breath, and you start taking health rather than just instantly drowning or voiding out or anything like that. Um, Yeah, so it's... You lose health pretty fast, but it's not like an instant death if you just barely mistimed your... So you're saying it's not like Mario, Super Mario 64, (laughs) where you just just drown constantly? Yeah, okay. That's because your health was your air. (laughs) In Super Mario 64, yes. You could heal by just jumping into water. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as it's transitioned to a thing where it's like, now you can dive, and then you have to do all the stuff where you have to just swim through the bubbles, I was like, I can't decide if I'm excited or terrified. Yeah. I hate swimming in video games because I'm a wuss. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, the motion controls were pretty naturalistic for the swimming. Like, I found it pretty oh, easy cool. to navigate with them. Are you saying it was better than Majora's Mask? <laughs> it was definitely better than Majora's Mask. <laughs> I was like, oh, they brought back the spin attack underwater. And then I had, like, flashbacks to swimming in Majora's Mask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, I didn't mind swimming too much. It was satisfying. The, 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 the dash spin thing was was fun mm-hmm. um dolphining up mm-hmm. that was always nice <laughs> is that what it's technically called <laughs> i don't know I, I, we all knew what you're well, talking about there's so. <laughs> um in like call of duty i think or um there, there's a the dolphin jump where you go from lying prone to crouch to jump and that's how people would move and i don't remember if that's just to really like make it difficult to aim for you since your head's just constantly moving up and down or something <laughs> or i don't remember why i i never actually played those games but a friend of mine was telling me about how that was like just what you would do 
as you're trying to go around. <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so to you... avoid getting hit. <laughs> That's funny. You can jump. <laughs> yeah. While you're running, you can jump. Uh, which uh, normally is uh, reserved for just when you're running off a cliff, you'll jump. But now you can control it and choose to jump on your oh, own. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I guess that is true. Usually the only thing you can do while rolling is like, I mean, while running is roll. Yeah. The next biggest change is your mount. You now have a Skyloft, a giant bird that you can fly. Loftwing. And Loftwing, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You're right, the entire island is Skyloft. <laughs> I mean, that's technically true. <laughs> um, yes, you, you can fly on a Loftwing. You can, with the motion controls, you can flick the motion to flap your wings. I don't know how you dash, but you can dash. There's a button. Yeah, There's, okay, it's a button. It okay. And then uh, do you use the, the motion control to tilt? To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, turn. turn and you tilt up and down. Angle. You don't have to press anything to flap. So, like, you can you can dive and then you, you can you use the motion controls to go up and down to, like, kind of increase your speed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, going up, you can only Good do way. a little bit and then it'll start kind of flapping in place. You have to do the big wing flaps to really gain any height. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at some point, your dash upgrades to a spinny dash attack. You have an attack bird. Yes. <laughs> they are based off of uh, Shubil Storks in real life, so that's fitting. Mm -hmm. Horrifying bird. <laughs> the loft wings are um, cuter. Yeah, they're not very exaggerated. They're very similar to what Shubils look similar. like in real oh, yeah. life. Um, yep, like, yep. you look at the loft wing, if you've never seen a Shubil, and you're like, that's a cartoon bird. But then, then you, you look, look at the real Shubil, and you're like, like mm, oh, that's exactly the same bird. bird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think they added a little curly tail, and that's about it. <laughs> made, them pretty, made them bright colors. Um, yeah, like a little Shiba Inu tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, whatever, mm -hmm. rando colors on, like, a real Shubil stork. But, yeah, they definitely look like that. But, yeah. I don't they think sort of... people can ride shoe storks, question mark? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, physically, I'm certain not, yes. but I don't think you could get <laughs> close enough that you would want to. Um, yeah. I mean, you might be able to, like, attach a baby to it, tape it, tape it to yeah. a... <laughs> it's like the you know like the whole like stork uh fairy tale yeah. or whatever they meant they meant shoebill stork not like any other type of stork yeah. <laughs> yeah they're very neat but uncanny birds in real life they kind of move like a like a dinosaur animatronic like <laughs> yeah you should all google take mm -hmm. stop pause the podcast if you don't know what we're talking about pause the podcast google shoebill stork and watch a video and then come back mm -hmm. and tell us and then, then come back to this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmo, are you Googling it? Yes. You know what we're talking about? I, well, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen... I don't know. you never seen, seen a video? I don't think oh, I've seen a video. Oh, get ready, my friend. <laughs> uh... Mentally prepare yourself for what you're about to see. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not the... It's the reaction that I wanted, but not the reaction that I expected. It was like moonwalking backwards. Like, yeah, they're weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like birds have kind of a weird ability to to move in general, but mm -hmm. these are particularly yeah. uncanny. Yeah, they have like a very deliberate way of moving. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a lizard. Oh my god, really. it's so weird. <laughs> now you're, I feel like your whole outlook on law points is getting <laughs> different now. No, in this in the game they're all cute and like nestly. They're basically like horses, but birds or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like people are like, "Oh, my laugh wing, I give you pets," which is like not what a mm -hmm. stork would be like. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I don't think they're violent in real life. They're just 
uncanny. <laughs> no, I think they're oh, just. Okay. I think they're, they're just, just kind of chill birds. out and mm-hmm. do stork things, eat fish. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> just live their storky lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you're talking about Zelda <laughs> birds. Um, so the it's last. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you fly fly around, you go places with them. Yes. Um the last bit of the about the loft wings I do want to say is um if you tilt downwards at an angle, um you start like diving down and you gain a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention to your loft wings feet, it like moves in weird circular patterns that I find really cute. <laughs> so I just wanted to shout out to that. <laughs> While you're flying or elsewhere in the game, you can dive. Uh, and you can sort of free fall or go head first uh, to gain some speed. And you have a sailcloth that you use as a parachute to make sure you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> just don't splat on the ground. Or you can just not yeah. press that button and just let like face plant every time <laughs> that you land. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is always fun. Except for when the game forces you to bring your sailcloth out. Yeah, it'll make you it's do like it if you're need. falling like deathly heights. But um. Mm-hmm. If whenever I'm like hopping off onto just one of those little yeah. islands, I always just let him face plant because it's really yeah. funny. Yeah, I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I also did that. It's like, oh, we're like a foot off the ground. It'll be fine. Yeah. And he's like, because he jumps off in the same ground. like spread eagle dramatic dive, no matter how high up you are. And so <laughs> right, just, right, like, right. Go, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> We've got uh, items. We have the beetle. The beetle. The greatest yeah. item yeah. ever. The beetle. Um, I love the beetle. It is a drone, essentially, that you can use. Um, You can use it to to fly, maneuver, and hit things that are out of uh, direct reach from, like, arrows or slingshots Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Uh, Eventually, you upgrade it to a hook beetle, which can pick up things, uh, especially items like um, hearts and, you know, refills on stuff. Bombs. Uh, Bombs. 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 (laughs) Or some enemies you're meant to grab and... uh, transport them to a place that what i'm thinking of specifically there are these little little shocky dudes yeah little shocky yeah. bugs oh. yeah shells. yeah yeah you can scare enemies with it too you can scare the like pig things I can't know i don't know what they're called moblin goblin goblin something <laughs> moblin that sounds right <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah, what the are ones, they the big ones with the, sh- the shields you mean that's moblins what are the little ones Bacoblins. oh oh bo- bokoblins Bacoblins. yeah, yeah okay I was like, they're, I know they're the same name as all the other enemies, mm-hmm. but they have a different design in this game per usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can scare them with the beetle, which is hilarious. I mm-hmm. made some of them run off of the edges of things, like cliffs yeah. of things, so I didn't have to fight them, which was great. Mm-hmm. This is my pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> and you can use them to make the ones that are throwing boulders at you drop a boulder on their head. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot of things with the beetle, mm-hmm. which is why it's the best item. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have the digging mitts, which you can yeah. use kind of like shovels in a lot of the 2D games. And then when you upgrade them to the magma mitts, you go underground and into this sort of like 2D crawling space where, mm. you know, you can do a few things here and there. Mm. The whip is another Yay. newish item. It It functions similarly to the grappling hook, but it also uh, stuns things and you can use it to latch onto like uh levers and pull them and such like that wasn't there a whip in is it phantom hourglass or spirit tracks yes yeah that's true you do Mm -hmm. that's right that's right um and then the gust bellows is new to 3d but it's similar to something you've used in other 2d games as well Mm -hmm. i think also spirit tracks yeah Yeah, Um, it's a little pinwheel thing 
Yeah. Oh, right. The pinwheel. Yeah, yeah, There was yeah. also the Gus jar in another earlier game, too. Yes. And the design of this is similar to the Gus jar, but yes. the function is similar to the, the thing you blow into the microphone for. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, most of these items are returns or reimaginings of 2D items. Yeah. Items that have, have shown up in 2D games. So you've got the arrows and bombs, as always. Nuts to catch uh, bugs and fairies. Right. Claw shots, which return from um, Twilight Princess. Mm -hmm. And the slingshot. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. So a very limited selection of items. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't talk about how you select items. Uh, you can only have one item equipped while you're mm -hmm. playing, and you press a button uh, to bring up a wheel. Like a wheel. Yeah, and you use the motion controls, or uh, at least with the pro controller, I was able to. Oh yeah, yeah that's how it works. So um, there's eight, eight of them. So uh, for the motion controls, you press like Z R, and then if you press, oh goodness, let me see, is it A B X Y? If you press Y, that would select the far right one, and X would be up, A is right, and B is down. Hmm. And then if you press like Y B. That will be the one in the corner, so really? the bottom left. Yeah. So they don't make you point with the stick. Doesn't the stick? You can you can do that. Oh, you can also. Hit but you could also hit the buttons to do it, oh. which I found out, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Hmm. And then I completely forgot about it and never <laughs> used it again. But um, yeah, it was neat. And then um, you also have an item pouch, which holds um various different things, your shields especially, which have durability. Forgot yeah. to bring that up. Um, mm -hmm. They have durability, so they can break, and you may need to have multiple shields in your item pouch if mm -hmm. you are afraid of them breaking. You can also, in your item pouch, fit additional um, bags for your seeds, for the sl uh, slingshot, mm -hmm. your quivers, or um, bomb the bags. Bomb bag? mm -hmm. Yep. And there's medals that you can carry that do different things. Some give you extra health. Some make health more likely to be found. Mm -hmm. um, same for rubies. Some tell you where your where bugs will be on the map. <laughs> um, Bug metal. Yeah. <laughs> your bottles, um, which also take your pouch slot. Yeah. So um, you can have up to eight um, throughout the game. So you're kind of limited in how much you can carry. Um, I feel like that is uh, a big part of your playthrough is item management um, in that regard. And I feel like it's going to be very different per person, you know, sort of what they like to go. Mm -hmm. That's probably true. There's, a, there's also like the place in the bazaar where you can like store your items and stuff too. So yes. that's also part yes, of yes. the game. So if you have extra, um, you, ha you can have them stockpiled in mm -hmm. the bazaar and go back to them if you need. Mm -hmm. Make the item check girl fall in love with you. <laughs> yeah, um, so you've got treasures and bugs. Uh, treasures you typically get from killing enemies or just finding them in the uh, uh, on the surface. I think. Are there any you find in Skyloft? Uh, it doesn't seem like it from this list I that remember. I have. Some of the yeah. you you find them in like dungeons and stuff too, just yes. like chilling. Bugs. Some bugs you find in Skyloft. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. the treasures you find in, yeah, oh, on the surface in dungeons or in the Silent Realm, there's some, just like yes. that. You use them to craft, to upgrade your weapons, your shields, um, especially, but also your bow, slingshot, 
the um the your bags i think uh you can upgrade your bomb bags to be bigger the beetle mm-hmm. yeah so you they give also, different upgrades I think you can upgrade potions if you have the right materials too that's true yeah i don't think i ever got a potion so i, I got one it. yeah you used, and upgraded yeah. it use bugs for the potions i think and then the that's treasures right. for the crafting yes, yes that makes yes, sense yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh so yeah some things like i think the slingshot you can upgrade to a three shot slingshot which is similar to an upgrade at least in um i think it was oracle of seasons was that the one that had the slingshot it would upgrade to a Mm. to one that shot three um uh i think you just increase the power of the bow it had a description that I think you. It, it's like you hold it, it and you can do like a powerful, more powerful shot. Yeah. And, and the beetle, I think you can increase the speed. Yeah, it's just power and range for the. Yeah, you can increase the speed and you give it a little uh, button where you could press it and it makes it go faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, money in this game. <laughs> so, funny story for both <laughs> um, Spirit Tracks. And this game, the first time I entered a shop to spend money, I had exactly 99 rupees. (laughs) So I was like, oh, interesting. I guess that's the limit. That's a low limit. I can't wait to get my next wallet. And then, so I spent my money thinking I had the max because I was just at 99. And at least in Ocarina of Time, that's your max, I think. Like, in in some games, you start off with 99 being your, your... initial max turns out you ha- you have more i think it's 300 I think it's 200 or 300 yeah yeah but yes you can get bigger wallets uh, you, i think it gets uh if you get all the wallets you can hold nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine rupees i think so i never had that many but yeah <laughs> yeah you can like upgrade your main wallet and then get a couple of tiny wallets also oh. <laughs> yeah keys normally not something i would really talk about but mm-hmm. for all the boss keys they are like a little insert puzzle. They're yeah. these unique shapes, and they fit in a hole in the wall that you use generally the motion controls to angle them just right. You insert them, and it opens the door, which is a neat little mechanic. It's kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely gives the keys a little more flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so always fun. And then next is Gratitude Crystals, which yeah. are, for the most part, side quests in this game give you these Gratitude Crystals. Um, where the first one you end up, you have to meet Betro. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. The demon guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, who was a friendly demon that one of the village kids was playing with and end up meeting him and he wants gratitude crystals to turn human again. So there's some that you find by just wandering through, um, the Skyloft and adjacent islands at night. Um, so it would be, I think that's Pumpkin, the, the Lumpy Pumpkin, and Beetle's House Island. Those are the only ones you can go to at night, because you can't fly at night. Mm. Um, and then the rest are from completing side quests, such as um, getting your the storage lady to fall in love with you, or mm-hmm. to break her heart, <laughs> either way. Um, or rescuing someone who's abandoned on an island because their loft wing is injured. And they look like those uh, little uh, candies that the the star bits in Super Mario Galaxy are also based on. Ah, uh, yes, yes, oh. yes. Oh, really you mean the... like Competto or whatever? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like the candy from Spirited Away that they mm-hmm. she gives that that the, uh, they give to the soot sprites. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those are yummy. It's just sugar. I know. Possibly be bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
something really... about something about their size and their crunch make them yummier than just regular sugar. They're they're mm. fun. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. cute. I don't think they hit, they're not flavored, right? Like they're just sugar, aren't they? Maybe they, they are can be slightly flavored. flavored. They're hmm. Mostly just sugar. I've, I mean, I've definitely eaten them, but I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. They're Usually buy a pack when I see them in like the little. You're like, ooh, like foreign candy section of a store. Ooh, compendo. Ooh, <laughs> yum. It's probably exactly what you say, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some more gameplay uh, mechanics. Uh, there are three more. One is, um, well, mixed between gameplay and items. Uh, Mm -hmm. so a lot of the heart pieces, which you used to get through side quests are now on mm, islands in Mm -hmm. the sky that you unlock by finding a corresponding cube on the surface that you hit with a skyward strike. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you find them periodically through your surface travels, you unlock them and then find them on the island and you'll get a variety of different items, sometimes rupees, sometimes a piece of heart, sometimes uh, pouch items like um, metals or maybe a bag for your seeds. The next is dousing, which is an ability Fi gives you. You can select a thing. Uh, there's usually one slot for your side quest, one slot for your current main quest, and then there's a bunch for like treasures and bugs and things like that that you can start searching for. Basically, you enter first person mode and uh, it will tell you if you are looking in the general direction of the thing that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it gets like more louder and I think it vibrates or whatever. Yeah, when and I think there's a little the purple. Um, like, yeah, it glows stronger. Glows, yeah. And then the last is Scrapper, is a friendly little <laughs> robot that you get about. It's friendly to five. I was gonna say friendly is exaggerating <laughs> it, maybe. <laughs> well, he he, you has a clever nickname for you, which is Master Short Pants. Mm-hmm. I don't see what could possibly be rude about that. No. <laughs> but my pants are long. Yeah. <laughs> like your nickname was incorrect. They're tucked They're into my boots long. and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, you can find large items throughout uh, and Scrapper will come pick them up and deliver them for you to wherever they belong or whomever. They and belong. he's all sassy when you have to move that, like the water mm-hmm. through the volcano. That's yeah. like rude. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. trying to be a hero. Okay. <laughs> There is a new uh, little tidbit of inf- uh, that I wanted to go over f- with the gameplay as well, mm-hmm. which is the hints. Because mm. um, I know like in Majora's Mask, the remake, there was a new spot that was added where you could mm-hmm. go in and it gives you hints on, I think, like where heart pieces are, where masks are, or where um, maybe what you're supposed to do. I don't remember exactly all of it, but they had like a way to help you complete the game. Yeah. And so in this game, Fi has, you can talk to Fi and she will tell you what your main objective is. She will also talk about some rumors that are around. If you ask for a hint, an advice. And then in the bazaar, there's a fortune lady who will tell you about what sort of treasures are around. Yeah, there's like one scene where you're like forced to go to the fortune teller for Mm -hmm. direction. (laughs) Oh, speedruns. Yes, speedruns. Speedrun time. Yes. So, um, I watched two speedruns, uh, both by Gymnast86. I watched one that was uh, a Games Done Quick, which was... Actually, both of these were within the past four months. I think oh. the Games Done Quick was 
back in January, and I watched a world record attempt back in, it was four months ago, but I thought he said something about uh, Thanksgiving, which would have been more than four months ago, but about hmm. about four months ago. If you're going to speedrun any category, hero mode is just the fastest. You take double damage, and I think in the Wii version, you're able to skip cutscenes, where in the HD version, I think you can do it either way. So for the Wii version especially, that saves you a lot of time. Now in hero mode, one of the other big things is your Skyward Strike is upgraded to the Master Sword Skyward Strike, hmm. um, which travels further and deals full damage. Mm-hmm. Um, which means right off the bat, the moment you get your goddess sword... You can just explode enemies. You can explode <laughs> enemies. Um, At least the l- low-power ones. Yeah. Um, and so that that speeds up a lot of time. And there's uh, one. There's a couple other tricks where um, the, you, being able to Skyward Strike from an extended range uh, allows you to skip some, some things or just do things faster. But um, it starts off... Of just good optimal movement, you know, um, with a stamina bar, the last quarter, as you're running low, it starts beeping, it flashes red, and you use stamina at half the rate. Oh. So if you have one pixel above a quarter, you roll or do a spin attack, it'll use the the, the full, um, however much it normally takes. Mm-hmm. But if you're below that, it'll use half. So the fastest way to run is to to, to roll when you can um, if you're going to have leftover stamina. Otherwise, you run, and then once you reach almost empty, you fill up to a quarter and sprint and use up that quarter. Hmm. So a lot of movement uh, movement in the beginning. And the first trick is really in the Lost Wing tutorial. There's a point where Zelda talks, and then it tells you how to do the controls. If, as you close Zelda's like last dialogue box before the controls, if you do a flap, the game will kind of freak out and just mm-hmm. progress through mm-hmm. it without you really having to do the um, controls that it tells you to do. Mm. Sometimes it looks like it's working, and then it doesn't work, and then you actually do need to do the things. It's a bit weird. But if you do it right, it'll save you about 10 seconds, which is kind of big. Um, another interesting fact is entering the loading zone retains your speed. So if you go through like a cave (laughs) entrance and you roll, you're going to come out coming at that speed. Unintuitively, the fastest way is to be not moving when you enter a loading zone. So you can do that by either jumping into it, um, because your movement was going to be zero when you land, or by using the first person mode, you stop moving, um, and if you do that when you load into a zone, you end up able to control Link before the screen really even like fully brightens up and you see everything. Hmm. Um, for that reason, you're able to go faster. Another interesting thing is uh, the diving zones. So if you dive off uh, a platform at an angle and and you know move yourself and make sure you wait to call your loft wing. The Loftwing will pick you up and dash you forward, and that might put you into another zone where it's like, oh, you're here? So that clearly means you jumped off of this platform instead. Hmm. So you're able to um, move and and end up in a better position um, if you do it that way. It's neat. A little trick that saves you a little bit of time. Um, The first really crazy thing is called the Extended Hmm. Blow. 
when you knock an enemy down, usually like through a spin attack, or if you hit them like three times, they'll like be launched back. Um, they travel a set distance, and then a random one to forty units beyond that. So you're saying they can randomly be far. And so you can't do this consistently because this requires you to knock an enemy at exact distance. If you knock an enemy to the point where they're like, they land like about halfway off a, a ledge into a void zone, but they're on enough that they don't actually like tip over and go all the way in, the game thinks that they're about to void out. So it starts the blow up animation where they explode and turn into a puff of smoke. Hmm. But you can still target them, and you can still do the finishing blow on them. The little jump attack. In the void? Gonna... Well, they're they're on the ledge still. So they haven't actually fallen in. The game is expecting them to, so it's already in the process of killing them. Hmm. Because they're like, oh, they're going to go in the void. Okay, let me... And so it's like deleting them, but they're also still there for you to target, and you can do that. Um because the game thinks that they're in the void, it doesn't have a position for you to jump into. It doesn't know where they are correctly. Mm -hmm. Or it, like that, that information is corrupted or something about it. So the game's like, I don't know where to put you. Let me put you at uh, zero, 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 right? Zero X, zero Y, zero Z. Mm -hmm. um, which for uh, the map in the deep woods is um, just right next to the temple. So it skips. <laughs> so you can do this, like you get into to, um, deep woods, you stun one enemy, and then you get to the second enemy, and you can do this to them. And um, so it'll just like warp you over right next yeah, to the it temple. Skips, what you're it skips. It skips. Yeah, it skips the whole, the whole part where you have to, to climb yeah. and yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's the only place that it's used currently, at least in the runs that I saw. But it's a neat trick, and mm -hmm. if it works, it saves you a bunch of time. If it doesn't work, it's not that bad because there's another skip that you can do that's not as efficient but it still skips quite a bit um and that is the goddess cube skip so because you're in hero mode and you have the extended skyward strike um there's the the first hero the goddess cube that you encounter where you're talking to the goron and he's like hey it's one of these things and he has you strike it and he's like oh look at that you're cool <laughs> <laughs> I look yes. up to you so much. So if you are on the level below it, um, which normally you have to go around, climb some vines, do some tight ropes, but there's an enemy that you can aggro, and if you skyward strike um, while you're Z-targeting that enemy, you'll shoot it at an angle, and you'll end up hitting that goddess cube, which will start the cutscene oh. to talk to the Goron. So then the game's like, oh, well, you're up here, you need to talk to the Goron. So it skips that whole section. Um, because you did that. So that's a neat little trick. Um, otherwise, there's a... Um, again, most of the temple was just good movements and fighting, just good gameplay and execution. Nothing really crazy-breaking or anything like that, no glitches. And then when you get to Elden, during the key hunt, where you have to dig to find the key to the temple, you can find the first few... The first three just find the normal way. And then you aggro some Bokoblins and lead them up like some stairs into an area that uh, I think like a lookout area. And you can start climbing the wall and the Bokoblin will hit you to give you just the boost to get on top. And you can now you're on a wall that you're not really supposed to be on and you can just skip through 
a huge part to the area where you have to slide down and then take some gust geysers up to grab a, a key or in the um, Silent Realm, I think there's a fruit there. Hmm. And there's a couple other things like that. Um, you can skip the um, gate to the Farron dragon. Hmm. Um, there's a fence that you can just sort of hop on and then you can hit your uh, make your way up to the ledge, which takes you all the way to the back entrance that you usually unlock after going through the lake into the, uh, the Farron Dragon. When fighting um, the... Amid- uh, yeah, imprisoned. Prison, right? Imprisoned, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, instead of uh, destroying its tooth-like toes, <laughs> you can just go up to a lo- the level above it and jump onto his head while he's walking and just strike the, the statue the <laughs> yeah, into his head. So you can do that for all the fights with him. Instead what? of doing Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I read that you could do that, but I didn't want to try it. <laughs> so, um when you're getting the songs for the hero song. <laughs> yeah, the parts of the, the, par- the parts hero of the hero song. song. Yes. <laughs> if you save uh Lanayru, he then gives you a boss rush mode where you can fight a boss. And one oh. of the fights he lets you do is Girahim. The final fight with him. So you skip the other dragons and you just this dragon, and then you fight Gear him. And what happens is you do the saving in the mini game to trick the game into thinking that you are in the real fight at the end. Because you save and quit, <laughs> and it loads back in, and it's like, oh, you're here. <laughs> and you have to then get clipped inbounds and then back out of bounds to get the game back to where you can knock him off and the platforms are in the right position because they're they spawn on the floor so you can't knock him off of anything so you can't beat him so you clip back into the the ring to clip back out for some reason and then you then hook shot your way up to the top and then you skip uh the forest uh that is um un- underwater now yeah that would save you and a lot of time. you skip the um getting all your items back when you're in Elden Volcano. Right. Um, because you just do this part instead. So that is more or less it for the HD one. Um, there might be a few other things that I might talk about that um, I have already written in my other one. But um, you have to do some pregame setup before you even start your speed run. For the Wii version? For the Wii version. So you have a save file one, a save file two. Those are both hero modes. And save file three is a normal mode. Was well, it, what Twilight, was the other game that used Twilight three? Princess Twilight Princess. And okay. it's the same concept. Is it's the same? It's called Back in Time, where if you <laughs> die and you hit the reset button, the same frame you hit the continue button, the game spawns you in the title screen, and you can play in the title screen. And so you can do things while you like load aspects of certain files without loading the file itself. So something that's important to note is. The game has uh, flags, right? For just basically have have certain events been activated, and those are de- those determine certain things that you can do. So, like for example, um, you can't uh, dive and call your skyloft until you've your your yeah skyloft loft, until, loft wing loft wing. That's right. <laughs> you can't call your loft wing until you've saved it. 
Right. And so um, some things are called story flags because they ne- they're needed through different maps. So um, others are called scene flags because you only really need it while you're in Skyloft or Farron Woods or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scene flags, the ones that are specific to a certain map, are all the same address in your RAM or something mm-hmm. like that. So it saves that um, those values, and then it'll load the new ones when you load the map. But while you're in back in time, you can set the flags of your current map and save it so that when you load your new map, it'll save it'll load the the ones that you're using from your back in time. So you do a bunch of different things, like you talk to to, to Fledge and, and and Instructor Howell, because mm-hmm. that sets a certain scene flag that you're going to use that that uh, on your file that you're going to use an hour and a half later to load onto, and then when you load your game, because you had those specific things done, your game is going to then think that you've opened the door to the temple or um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is you go someplace, you save, you die, you go back in time, you do some random task on Skyloft, and then um, you go back, and now um, certain triggers that you... The game thinks you've done certain things that you haven't done. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. Um the setup is crazy because also in back in time, there's only one way you can fly on your left wing, and that is in the tutorial, the the, the left wing tutorial, because it is a reduced map. Hmm. So um, otherwise, it's just too much, and the game crashes. Um, another thing is while you're in this mode, you can go to different like areas. So sometimes you are on the title screen and you fly all the way to like Farron Woods and you're down in Farron Woods and you then go someplace to do something to set some sort of trigger and then you load back in hmm. to your main game. I, I think I said something about like, can we just agree that nerds just have too much time? <laughs> But yeah, so stuff. Like that was some that. of all speed runs, though, basically, because yeah. But this one, the, like the the, because you you're manipulating different um, specific, like literally, it's just a single one or a single zero in mm. the the code that you want, and you're applying them on top of each other, because like you need to do them in a certain order to make sure the game doesn't crash, to make sure that all these different flags are going on, so that way while you're playing. You know, you're going down to to Farron Woods while you're in the title screen. You need certain conditions to be met, so you you fake load a game. I think I think if you load a game while you're in the middle of a transition, it'll load the values, but it'll keep you loading in that same map, and you're still on the title screen. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. So you're basically playing two games. You're playing the title screen, navigating that, making sure you don't. <laughs> incorrectly select a file right or things like that um and then you're playing the actual like game itself starting in the title screen but yeah so um you can do that to like in skyview temple you just skip the temple because you it, you change your x y z value to be down all the way where the beetle is so you just mm. immediately pick up the beetle and stuff like that so it's 
It's crazy. A lot of shit is going on. <laughs> you delete your files sometimes and lo- you make new ones. You corrupt it and then you actually play it. And like, like Twilight Princess back in time was understandable. There were parts of it that I didn't fully get, but I was like, okay, I get, I get like, it was manageable. I was able to explain it, I think, well enough. Yeah. This is like, I think the major 50% of the game play is you going back in time. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's a lot. It's hard to explain, um, but it's really cool to see. So I'd mm-hmm. recommend if you do have any interest going to watch it, um, mm-hmm. even if it hurts your head a bit and you don't fully understand it. <laughs> Some of the things are just really cool. Well, I feel like it's always fun to play like a corrupted game. Like, isn't that why everybody did the like no um, missing number glitch and stuff in Pokemon? Like, everybody likes that. So it's corrupted in that ev- all the values are zero. So it's like a very brand new start. Yeah, but you're playing in the start screen. Like that too. Yes, you're not that, supposed to play in the is, start screen. That is very cool. You're right. Yeah. Um, you can't um, when you're playing on the title screen. Some things you can't. Um, s- start selecting a file. So if you press A, you know, where the file menu comes up and you're like file one, two, or three, that, you can't have that open. Um, and if you don't do anything long enough, it'll be the lore cut scene of like, you know, the goddess, you know, raised the islands, and you know, the what happens if you stay on the title screen too long. Hmm. But thankfully for the Wii Motion Plus controls, you can press that button and then when you press A to close it, you can A press A in the game as well to open a door or whatever you need. And that also keeps you from uh, being on that title screen for too long and just loading the, the cutscene. So yes, that is the short and best I can do on the speedrun. Because again, it's crazy. Lots of shit going on. It's definitely worth a watch, again, just to sort of see like how you do this seemingly... like inconsequential thing and you spend a bunch of time doing it and it just saves you even more time Mm. because it tricks the game in some way yeah uh what were the times okay so let's start with the the wii that came first um any percent is one hour nine minutes one hour (laughs) well this is with you freaking the game out yeah no it's one hour and nine minutes oh one hour nine minutes okay Yeah, you trick the game into thinking that like, oh, uh, you've already opened the door. Oh, another thing. So um, this run was done by Games Done Quick. Um, and so they have donations to charity. Uh, I think it's the, what is it, Beat Can- Cancer Foundation or something like that. And they have incentives. So he actually fought Demise blindfolded. <laughs> and he also fought Tentalus blindfolded. Wow. Um, and that was very interesting because um, you get to the part where you're in the ship and the, all the tentacles are attacking. And so he got up there at, to the point where like Tentalus's face is revealed and put the blindfold on. But because of the back in time things he did, he tricked the game into thinking that he's already been in the... No, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be one of the... the basically one of the things that you do after you beat the boss. So the game then loads the cutscene where you fight the the boss and then the boss is dead because it's like oh you've already done <laughs> yeah, you've this already thing. done this so the <laughs> boss is clearly dead you don't need to do you, you know it's not there that's hilarious um so uh the any percent 
was yeah one hour and nine minutes and thirty seven seconds by this, half JC. It's got to be one of the fastest ones, other than the like I wrong so. warp to like the battle with Ganon and yeah. Ocarina of Time, yeah, which one was hour pretty and nine fast. Is really fast. Yeah, um, especially since this game is like probably whatever forty hours, thirty to oh, thirty five yeah, to fifty yeah. hours I mean, like, of gameplay. Yeah, considering how long it is and how how <laughs> detailed it is, like there's right. how big it is, just you know with other right. things as well. Right. I can't um, believe I spent $60 on this game. <laughs> 60 whole dollars. And that was expensive at the time. Now they're like $90. Right. I think uh, Tears of the Kingdom is $89.99 in Canada, at least. So, um, so Half JC <laughs> made this record seven months ago. And Gymnast86 has second place also seven months ago. That is just about 20 seconds slower. One hour, nine minutes, and 56 seconds. And then 100%. Uh, first place is Gymnast, with 6 hours and 46 minutes. Um, six and hours. Dasher is second place, with about 10 minutes behind Saying that. they finished this game 100% in 6 hours? So this is also mm -hmm. with the back-in-time stuff. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so there... 100% means you're getting everything. You're not actually going through it 100%. <laughs> yeah, it <just laughs> it's like there's no have... way. Yeah, it means yeah. that you have your, your inventory is completely full yeah. of at least one of everything. Um, so, like, the treasures, you don't have to get the full 999. Right, right, You right. have to collect every bug and every treasure. So, any percent with no back-in-time for the Wii is 5 hours and 34 minutes. Gymnast. Wow. And uh, half JC is uh, about a minute and a half slower um, than that. 5 hours, 35 minutes, and 56 seconds. So, um, for the HD remake, any percent... Uh, is Gymnast with 3 hours and 57 minutes and 59 seconds. So 3 hours and 58, essentially. Mm -hmm. Although, don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jason X, who is definitely someone I... J Jasnix? Another thing I didn't mention is in the HD remake, you can use one of the Amiibos. Oh, um, yeah. And basically, that allows you to, while you are on the land, instantly teleport into the sky up in the sky you do it again and you go back to where you left last hmm. so if you're in that'd be convenient sky too sky loft and you talk you have to talk to Fi to do it um and you do it it'll take you back to wherever it was that you ascended from hmm. um so a lot of the speed runs with the hd remake use the amiibo because it's faster although fourth place is by mm -hmm. wcw uh, and they do not have an amiibo, hmm. but they are about ten minutes slower than the than first place. Which amiibo um, is it? Probably I think the, it's the, the Loftwing one. The Loftwing, although there, I think there's two. You'll have to acquire it so that you can do the speed run. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, so... It's like I need a Loftwing to go with my Rivali amiibo, and so I can have a collection oh. of Zelda birds. <laughs> are there any other speed run things that you want to talk about, or should we talk about music and stuff? No, let's move on. I think <gasps> music. Music. Yeah. I think we normally talk about visuals and music, and we normally talk about visuals first, but I want to talk about music first. So there. Oh, okay. In the past, I think we've talked about substantially about music and visuals. And sometimes I do things where I'll be like, I, I just want to point out specific things. Like, I highlight specific things I don't want to talk about. This is what we're doing this time. So I'm not going to talk about every single thing, probably. <laughs> also, the soundtrack is like 350 songs oh and sound effects. So I can't possibly talk about all of them. But I just want to talk about specific things. I mean, you could. I could because it's a great soundtrack. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. It's such a good soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's actually an amazing soundtrack. I I, the length of what I'm going to say is not related to it's not like correlated Mm -hmm. to how I feel about the soundtrack. (laughs) It's just more that I can't actually talk about every single song because I didn't have time to analyze every single song. And it's not like the same as like Ocarina of Time where there's like six distinct places or whatever where they have like their six little songs. It's like every location has well this is something that i wanted to point out but but like every location has multiple versions of like Mm -hmm. there's like for example there's Farron woods when you go there the first time then there's lake floria there's lake floria when you're underwater there's Farron woods when you're underwater or when there's water there i don't think that changes when you're underwater but there's like every location has like variations of songs it's very atmospheric in that way so there's no way to there's no way that I can talk about every single thing, basically, at this time. Yeah. Not without isn't spending it... a long ass time talking about it, huh? Yeah. So isn't this the first like fully orchestrated? Yes, that's my yeah. first yeah. tip. So my first, my first point of I've talking. Got, yeah, I've got a fancy little CD in my uh, yeah Wii, Wii box that came with it. This was the first Zelda game that wasn't sequenced. So we talked a lot before, and also talked about like the Wii technology before. We talked about it for Twilight Princess, probably. Like I'm not talking about it again, but. This was the first Zelda game where the music wasn't sequenced and it wasn't computer generated or whatever. It wasn't made with samples. It's actually all, every piece is recorded. So when I say there's like over 350 sound, like songs and effects, they may be short. It might be like a minute or two or three minutes, but they're all recorded by an orchestra, which is really cool. So there's a lot of variation in the music itself, but then it like, it kind of plays on repeat. So there's not as many things as like, for example, there's definitely sound effects when you swing your sword and everything like that, but it's not the same as like Wind Waker, for example, where there's like multiple layers in the music where they oh, were able yeah. to like, and I don't think it, I don't think there's any, like, you don't notice like a quality difference from that. I'm just trying to explain that it's like the te- oh. technologically it's very different than the other mm-hmm. games that we've talked about so far. And I think it actually makes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth in this soundtrack. That's really wonderful to hear. And I enjoyed it very much. Um, it was also like, because I think because there was an orchestral piece, it was like one of the largest sound teams for any game. I think it was the largest, at least oh, wow. at the time for a Nintendo game. There were like Koji Kondo oversaw it and Hajime Wakai was the leader, but there were like 10 people supposedly, according to Wikipedia, at least I couldn't see all their credits, but there was like a substantial team, um, which is abnormal. There are normally like maybe five people um, running sound. And because it was orchestral music, they had to create scores and like sheet music for all the music, right? Mm -hmm. So they needed people with special experience who weren't just like pulling up um, samples and sequencing them. So they had specific people on board on this project who had experience with like, like orchestrating, composing music for orchestras. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, it has an extensive soundtrack. And it also inspired them to do like record orchestrated versions of other Zelda games. There's like that orchestra CD. I can't remember what it's album. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. That's what I have to say about that <laughs> specifically. Yeah. I've basically had the sky theme stuck in my head the entire like month we've been playing this game. Yeah. You mean when you're flying while around. you're flying around on the <laughs> loft wing. That one is pretty good. I like the sky loft theme song too. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that stuck in my head a lot. The, I mean, all the areas have really good music. There are yeah. some that I wanted to talk about specifically. Like, I really like the Lake Floria music. And the mm-hmm. other thing that I found interesting about this game is there are some 
songs that are repeated from past games. The most notable one, which I think also most people know about this game, is that Ballad of the Goddess is Zelda's lullaby backwards. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ballad of the Goddess, there's like a part where Zelda's just playing the harp, and there's a part that's like a full orchestra playing um, the arrangement. But yeah, it's all based off of Zelda's lullaby, so that's pretty cool. Uh, backwards. Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. also a slightly different key, but yeah. And then Zelda's lullaby is used in the game like after in the temple after you pass through the gate of time when you're talking to zelda so there's substantial use of that um you would recognize like the the hero the song of the hero or whatever that's like the main theme <laughs> from legend of zelda yeah. it's based off of the main theme i was like what the fuck song is this because whenever you play the harp like fee sing or five sings but like it's like not it's not necessarily like it's like at a at a weird speed and it's kind of like not understandable. But then when there's like the cutscene where you're playing the music, I was like, oh okay, I finally recognize this song. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I guess one important thing is we we've had some games where there are instruments and some where there weren't. But in this game, we have the harp, the goddess's mm -hmm. harp, which is also we've seen it before, or maybe we saw it in the future, whatever. I don't know how you <laughs> want to think about it, but it's it's Sheik's harp from Ocarina of Time, mm -hmm. so. Uh, I guess the the lore that's established by this is that that harp is established in this game and like passed down, you know, through Zelda's lineage or whatever, mm -hmm. all the way down to Sheik slash Zelda. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> and the harp itself is interesting, the way that you control it. I think maybe interesting, possibly frustrating. I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. Not like the fucking flute, the pan flute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's easier than the pan flute. But you... Mm -hmm. You have to wait. You kind of wave the, uh, this the Wii remote, um, like back from right to left, in mm -hmm. time. And there's time shown on the screen by this like circle that expands and collapses in on itself. I don't know if it was the easiest controls to follow for an instrument that we've had. Yeah. I was thinking about well, it after, and I was like, I wonder what was Pro probably the ocarina. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um. Yeah, because like, the um, the baton was not bad, but you did have to keep rhythm, so you yeah like, the you wind waker baton up. yeah, mm -hmm. and then the howling was not <laughs> it was the not. theremin yeah I forgot about that yeah. I forgot mm -hmm. the howling was a thing and then also there's like there's like the flutes I guess technically the flutes from like the two D games were easier where you just press a button yeah. and it just like plays mambo's mambo for you and you just like <laughs> select there's no like timekeeping with them so i guess that would technically be yeah. easiest but my favorite thing to do is when you're like just get get out the harp randomly when you don't need to and then you can just have link like freestyle it like <laughs> and it just like it doesn't you don't like pluck notes it just plays like it just strums like a chord so it goes it just mm -hmm. and it strums at like at a specific speed it doesn't even really speed up that much even if you move your arm wave your arm faster <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of fun and that way it was similar to another instrument where you didn't really have a lot of control. I guess the pan flute, you didn't have that much control over like yeah. whatever music was actually, but you had like notes, the notes that you were blowing out of it. Yeah. What was the other one? I need to, I also want to make a list. I made a note to myself to make a list of all the instruments because <laughs> some of them are like, you know, they have varying level of like control and like output and how fun, how like interactive they are. But mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think the ocarinas were the most fun and easy. Like, it was the best yeah. combination, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. But the harp is really... It sounds really pretty, also, mm -hmm. first of all. And, yeah, it does. And I liked that also you didn't have to start the whole fucking song over if you messed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Fi would just, like... Or whoever you were playing with would just, like... It would... Maybe it would start to 
you would start to like they, there's these little like pedal graphic that appears as you're playing the song and you play it enough times and it like opens the gate or whatever you're trying to do sometimes it would kind of like regress like it would go back if you didn't play mm -hmm. fast like if you didn't recover fast enough but yeah you didn't have to start the whole goddamn song over like with the locomos mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. <laughs> so that <Yeah>. was nice <laughs> i enjoyed it i thought that it was i enjoyed the mm -hmm. harp i thought yeah. it was pretty i think harps are pretty but yeah i think it's kind of soothing once you kind of got in the rhythm yeah. it's the back and forth <laughs> i think the soothing was also the thing that i just the way that i described cheek playing the harp cheeks cheeks mm -hmm. mm. harp um like um Sheik's theme yeah. is a harp and i was mm -hmm. i remember saying when we were playing ocarina of time that i was like oh it's like when when you hear Sheik's music you feel like everything's gonna be okay and i feel like mm -hmm. the harp is like kind of the goddess harp in this game is kind of similar you're like mm -hmm. i'm playing the harp it's so like yeah it's like soothing and fun and like not super hard but you don't have a lot of control like you don't like pluck individual notes or whatever mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's there's trade-offs right but i thought it was charming and then you learn songs, but you don't really have a, you don't pick the song that you play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do play different songs, but you don't actually control it. Like you don't play, the only song you can choose to play is like the Ballad of the Goddess or whatever. Um, when you walk up to like walls and stuff, but then like the songs to open, to get the hero song or whatever. And the songs to open the, I guess the song to open the gate is the hero, the Ballad of Goddess or whatever. Um, but I thought there were different ones or you play different parts or something. I think you didn't you play like different ones. Yeah, you had to play different ones for each uh, spirit trial gate. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Din's song and whatever. Feroy's song. Nehru's song. Whatever it is. Yeah, you. Yeah, so I think there are different ones that you have to learn. You have to go learn them in sequence and then go back and open. But then you, like I said, you don't get to like pick. Yeah, you just play the song. You walk up to the glowing space on the ground and you play the song. Yeah, it's just like this is obviously the song you want to play here. So yeah, right, exactly. But it was fun. So you get a we got an instrument back in this game, which was great, and it's referenced later in Ocarina of Time, which is also great, or before and from Ocarina of Time, depending yes. on how you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole aspect of time in this game is great, anyway. But we'll talk about it more in visuals. I think mm -hmm. the sound doesn't really change that much through time, except that it does with the yeah. Anyway, whatever we'll talk about it. Yeah, is it the time shift stones, which is cool. Yeah, it's both mm -hmm. sound and mm -hmm. visuals. So mm -hmm. there is that. One, the next thing that I want to talk about was the song of hero, the song of the hero sort of like collection task. One of them actually involved you like picking up little music notes underwater, which is hilarious oh, and yeah. reminded mm -hmm. me of Banjo Kazooie, first yes. of all. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I like that it shows you like the little notes and you pick up little different ones. So it actually mm -hmm. like, it's one of the only times that I've seen so far where they actually represent music in a notational type of way, other than like the wolf howling where it shows like the pitch kind of changing. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's like the high, medium, and low pitch, so it's sort of represented that way. But yeah, this time one showed like little eighth notes and little quarter notes and stuff like that. Oh, so mm -hmm. yeah. interesting. Well, because like the ocarina was on a, a bar staff. That's true. Does yeah. it show? And it, I guess it shows you the notes on the staff. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. And they're the actual pitches that the actual mm -hmm. notes are, because the ocarina pitches are. Like in other games we played, like the musical instrument pitch might actually change while you're playing it. So like, for example, in this game, the harp, like while you're playing the, this, the ballads, God, or the ballad of the goddess, it's one, uh, it's like one chord structure or two. It's one, it's in one key. 
some of the other songs, like the special songs to get into the spirit, uh, to the silent realm or whatever, those are in different keys. So like the instrument changes pitch, but the Ocarina and Ocarina of Time doesn't change pitch. And also mm -hmm. I think the Wind Waker changes pitch when you change direction. So like when there's like the mm -hmm. six, yeah. three and four are the same, but the six ones are different in a different key because they play the special, um, the special songs, mm -hmm. the ones that you play the duets with Methley yeah. and Makar. So they're in a different key. Anyway, it's sort of like really musical nerd of me to talk about, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, you have to collect the you have to collect the the notes in that one part of the hero the song of the hero portion of the game where you're building the song. Mm -hmm. And then one I think you have to get something for the dragon and he, then he just sings to you cuz he's sick or whatever, which is like yeah. hilarious. And Ling looks so happy when they're singing, which is really cute mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Same with like a uh, Levias the whale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's always a whale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also sings to you too, mm -hmm. which is really charming. Um, and then the dragons come and sing the song. The whole cutscene is hilarious and charming, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least in my opinion. <laughs> oh, and the cutscenes for the ballad, or like when you learn the special songs, or like then there's like the loft wings flying around and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like the opposite, just as trippy as um, Ilya's scary dream but but the opposite feeling like the opposite yeah. vibe where it's like oh it's just so charming and relaxing but still like weird we're floating in the sky and there's loft wings mm -hmm. even though we're in like the thunder place or whatever in mm -hmm. the in the temple <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway that's my side rant about that magic magic it's a magical song well i mean like they also don't the god doesn't the goddess statue's mouth move which i also think is really uncanny yeah. right oh my god and fly singing <laughs> Oh, Not so okay. I don't like it. No, um, I like that, I like Fi's voice. I don't yes. like Fi's mouth. That was yeah. something important in the. Yeah, I like when she's like dancing and stuff. Yeah, yeah skating, whatever. But, Apparently, some yeah, people the, don't like that, but that they're wrong. Is a little weird. <laughs> um, in the speedruns, uh, if you or I mean, if you just don't want to listen to her see, see her sing, mm -hmm. um, when you're like opening the gates uh, to the Silent Realm, if during the last strum you put your harp away. Yeah. Um, the rum will open, but she won't sing for you. That's mm -hmm. funny. So you can skip it. You're like a quote-unquote speedrun tactic that I'm going to use <laughs> yeah. to stop her uncanny yeah. mouth. just like, okay, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> the gate's opening, that's enough. And she's like, oh, I wanted to do my ice skating dance. <laughs> I was talking to my sister the other day, and she was like, and her stupid dances. And I was like, oh, that hurts me inside. <laughs> anyway. She was complaining about Fi and all her, like, unhelpfulness, but yes. whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Song of the Hero. Okay, we talked about that. All right. I've moved on to the part of my notes where we're talking about vibes in general of the mm -hmm. music. So you talked about how the music is recorded by actual acoustic instruments, which I think gives it a very nice feeling overall. And in the HD version, I'm sure it's been, like, I don't know if it's been re-recorded or whatever, but there's really good, like, bass and stuff. Like, you're also getting a lot of... Um, uh like tones in the music that we didn't have as much range or ability to have before or we talked about some of the limitations for like i mean the earlier games were like you could play two notes or three notes at the same time or whatever and now mm -hmm. we're in like orchestra sample time so it's pretty great and they have all the all the places have different music and some of the actually the most interesting arrangements are like the dramatic boss fight mm -hmm. arrangements it kind of this game had a lot of cinematic elements and the boss fight uh, music really reminded me of like movies like really intense like action movies and stuff mm -hmm. there's like a full orchestra it was pretty cool i enjoyed it 
Yes, Skyloft has this little tune. Garahim has his own th new theme, which is pretty great. Like we had basically Zelda and Link's themes kind of like brought back per usual. But uh, I enjoyed Garahim's bad guy music. It was pretty mm -hmm. great. Um, I really enjoyed the Lake Floria and the underwater variant music where like you go underwater and everything is muted. Mm -hmm. I think it adds a really important effect to that part of the game, which yeah. is nice. Um, they all had different... Like I said, they all had multiple... All the areas had multiple music. Um, I think, like... How to talk about this? It, with most... So, like, a lot of the Zelda games, as, the uni as, like, the size of the map has been slowly expanding, the amount of, like, instruments and sort of, like, um, instrumentation and things from, like, um different types of music are, are brought in. So like you have a lot of, um, for example, like in the desert, they're kind of continuing their sort of like desert theme where there's like wood flute and sitar and Spanish guitar and stuff like that they've used in other other games, like particularly the Kakariko Village music from mm -hmm. Twilight Princess. So in the in the uh, Lanaru desert, not in the in the in the in the present yeah in the present <laughs> there's a lot of this like sort of like wood flute kind of thing and and that kind of sound um that's sort of like i don't know i guess that's just what people think of when they think of the desert i don't know it's a very interesting <laughs> choice and then like in the desert in the past when you're in the mine um there's all this sort of like bell sound like bell is in xylophone bell is in orchestra bells mm -hmm. um that kind of of music which is pretty cool um so when you change time the the visuals change when you change when you use the time stones or whatever um the visuals change and the music changes which is pretty cool mm -hmm. even gearheim so his theme is also used at the end as well and it sort of also is played i think on in the regular times you see him it's like a played on a piano but in the final fight it's on like an organ very similar to like ganon's music which totally makes sense mm -hmm. um so like a like a pipe organ kind of organ feeling, which is pretty dope. And also Ganon has I mean Ganon, Girihim has special sound effects at the end because he's like his body changes, so he sounds like Metal Mario. So he has like these like metal metallic walking around sounds and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and his voice is also adjusted at the end too, in the final fight too. I think Demise's theme has a bit of Ganon's theme at the definitely. There's definitely, that's why I think that everything about Demise is sort of like kind of supposed to be, it's basically Ganon, yeah. or like the the Ganon equivalent in this game and like hit Ganon in the future. Yeah. Like Demise gets reborn as Ganon or whatever. Yeah. One thing that I noticed that was interesting, which is a really, really small thing. I think this game, we should probably talk about it at some point, because I remember you're keeping track of things that this are similar to Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. from Skyward Sword. <laughs> But there was one specific musical reference that I noticed because, like I said before, a lot of this music is not like it's not like they like in in Twilight Princess, some of the music was reprised from and re-recorded from like other from especially from Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Like, for example, like the Zora music or whatever. A lot of those a lot of the music in that game had references to older Zelda games other than the specific songs that I mentioned already. There weren't a lot of references to other Zelda games. There's like brand new music that has diff completely different like orchestration. <laughs> like for example, in the water, like in Lake Floria, there's a lot of like trumpet and stuff, which there wasn't in <laughs> there wasn't in any other Zelda game. And the mm -hmm. like the in other water parts of any other Zelda game, the desert one is kind of similar, but 
but still like the rhythms and stuff are the same. There's a specific reference that I noticed, which is there is, you know, the beginning of the Kakariko Village music in Breath of the Wild, where it's like a flute and it goes, do, 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 do. It's the very beginning part. Now maybe you'll hear it when you're playing, but yeah, it's very similar. At the end of a lot of cutscenes, that tune is how the cutscene starts. So like, for example, when you meet Levias, um, the like furore cutscene after the fight with Kooktos, that's the very beginning of the scene. I was like, that is a very specific set of, <laughs> this is a very specific melody that's then referenced in Breath of the Wild also, I think. Um, at least it's something that I notice. I don't have any other specific things that I want to talk about. Were there any specific music things that y'all really liked or like areas that you really liked? Things you really missed from other games? I could feel like that could be. Um, I don't know. I did like, I think it was Lanayru, um, the little like industrial sounds to it. Yeah. The, the, mm -hmm. the clashing and the like, that really fit. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked the... Um... The mind. Like the way the music changed when you were in the in the past compared to the present. Like yeah. you just like walking from the, the like past area into a time shifted area. Yeah. And it would add all those like industrial sounds and how they kind of mixed in with the beat of the music and everything. Yeah. I talked last time about how much I love when like music adapts like that. So <laughs> mm -hmm. there was one other thing that I just remembered that I want to talk about, which is in the ancient cistern. So in the ancient cistern there's mm -hmm. like a lower level i don't know what you would call it there's like the purple part <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> where the zombies are because vocal blends wasn't bad enough but they have to be zombie vocal blends too um and all the bones pit bone pits and shit mm. anyway so in the ancient cistern there's different music in the top part and the bottom part and when you transition between the top and the bottom part it has this like slide the pitch changes as you're like going through different parts or maybe the sliding is at the beginning of the ancient sister and i forget so kind of like when you transition from one to the other you hear this like weird sliding pitch it's very interesting mm -hmm. but yeah it's just interesting that that level is specifically so the whole that dungeon has two different pieces of music that whole level is based on some like um like buddhist folklore about like going to hell a, th a thief climbing a like spider's thread out of hell or something oh yeah i've heard that mm -hmm. yes that definitely makes sense because you have to climb the rope as yeah. a whole in the one part <laughs> And there's a huge Buddha also in there. Like yeah. that's that that uh, the ancient sister music also has like I don't know how I would describe what type of music it is, but it has the like bells and like drum background. That's definitely like mm, from somewhere in East Asia, like maybe like Thai music. I'm not knowledgeable enough to know, but <laughs> that whole level's music is very interesting. I totally forgot mm -hmm. about the whole spider spider web mm -hmm. thing. Anyway, that's yes. a really cool. Uh, that's a really cool dungeon. Like, definitely one of the standouts of yeah. like, the whole series. I think. Yes. Yeah, I would classify that one as like the water temple of yeah, it's sort this of game. A water dungeon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's water, and you have to do things in like a specific mm -hmm. order, and you have to like you know pull some step, pull some levers, and go to different places, and go there at different times, and like yeah, like mm -hmm. stuff has to move around for you to be able to. Like, get to different parts of the dungeon. There's yeah. a specific order. You have to hit everything. Mm -hmm. yep. So it kind of reminded me of, like, the water temple type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Type aspects. And by that, I mean the Ocarina of Time water temple. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about, yes. but that's mm -hmm. that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, the um, the Twilight Princess one took a lot of inspiration yeah. from that with the whole, like, moving aspects of the temple around and having to do stuff in certain yeah, orders. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, this has true. become kind of a water temple <laughs> 
like vibe for Zelda <laughs> games. <laughs> I think like a lot of the temple puzzles in this game in general had a lot of like trigger this thing, move this thing, then go back, then do this. Like some of the later temples um, had more of these like spatial type puzzle things where you go like you have to crawl through a hole and then trigger a thing and then go back into the same room and go above and then trigger another thing or whatever mm -hmm. like i felt like that was like a really common mechanic across the dungeons in this game i would mm -hmm. say yeah but um they still had like lots of different mechanics though in all of them which was nice mm -hmm. i think it was twilight princess we were talking about how like the dungeons were really different like mm -hmm. they had a yeah. lot of different or maybe it wasn't even twilight princess i can't remember which game it was but i felt like this game also had very different mechanics in all the dungeons which was nice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they also had different visual styles seamless transition we should talk about visual yes. styles the i think the overall visual style is i would describe it as like painterly it has this sort of like mm, fine art vibe mm -hmm. there's a specific artist yeah, that of, was mentioned yeah i was gonna say yeah sort of an impressionist yeah vibe. i think they Monet. yeah i think there's, there's a um, note about it there are notes about it. Yeah, I've seen the painter reference because I think it's the same one that was like the inspiration for the movie Tangled's like concept art. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense because they're very similar. Mm -hmm. It's definitely yeah. So it's based off of an impression impressionist style for sure. In addition to being sort of this like painterly illustration style, it's also kind of a cross between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Like it's more like the older Link, but I think a little more like Twilight Princess is trying to be sort of more photorealistic, quote-unquote. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but more realistic. Mm -hmm. And then I think that the a Skyward Sword is a little bit more exaggerated. Like, there's a lot of, um, you know, like, deep, deeper color, less, like, natural-looking environments. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, like, when uh, Twilight Princess tried to be like, this is, this is like, the real world, basically. Um, mm hmm I think the visual style from Skyward Sword is nice. And I think that Link and Zelda look really good in their sort of like style from yeah. this game. And Link is more expressive than in other games that we talked yeah. about. Mm -hmm. Like he gets some nice cutscenes. Oh, one other visual thing I want to mention is specifically there are a shit ton of cutscenes in this game. <laughs> There's like over 120 minutes of cutscenes. Wow. So there, it's actually like a movie's worth of cutscenes and a movie's worth of like scripts. A substantial amount of cutscenes. And also one thing that I noticed is the cutscenes themselves are like very cinematic. Like you're being like chased by a boulder or like you have to run and catch something or whatever. Like it's very it's very interesting the some of the, the visual choices for this game and like substantial development time, not as encoding time, but development time was spent in developing the story and the dialogue and the visuals for these cutscenes. And every time you watch them, I feel like I saw like a YouTube video. I haven't watched it yet, but it was a YouTube video that just strung all the cutscenes together from this game. I think you could mm. get like the whole story from all the cutscenes. Like, I think you could get, I think it would be like an interesting watch, which is like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think it would be like a nice, like cinematic movie uh, kind of thing to watch, which is pretty cool. But yeah, there's a substantial amount of cutscenes that are sort of like that were specifically sort of like cinematic and animated which is pretty cool mm -hmm. there's all the like door entrance cutscenes that are really intense for every single yeah. fucking place mm -hmm. you go into <laughs> which is kind of it has an interesting vibe that's added to the game you don't just run in a dungeon you like have to pause and watch link 
descend often like descend because there's always steps going down into a dungeon mm -hmm. into some kind of trial which i think adds a lot of gravitas to them which is pretty yeah. cool uh what other things so we talked about the overall visual style mm -hmm. it's a uh, pretty game it's a very pretty very game there's a lot of like the way um, stuff too. it's probably not as much in the hd version but on the wii version the way the backgrounds kind of blur mm -hmm. like at a distance which kind of adds to that like impressionist style because mm -hmm. impressionism is always about like the you know make, getting the impression of the yeah <laughs> of the thing you're yeah. looking at rather than a specific specific image so that's true. I definitely didn't notice mm -hmm. that, so maybe they didn't need it in the HD version. Yeah, I imagine it was like some kind of technological you know, compensation, yeah, yeah. like the you know the current of that day version of like the fog or yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the wee fog, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like it made it like pretty to look at. Like sometimes I would it's just cool. look into like the far background and be like, oh, it's like a painting. I really enjoyed the desert. I mean, I didn't really enjoy the desert level that much, but I really enjoyed <laughs> the like haunting like Hyrule crest that's like you can see in like the whole oh, fucking yeah, yeah. desert mm -hmm. <laughs> and like the way that the time I don't know how they chose to choose like the lighting for that game it's like it could be like lit as if it's noon it's lit as if it's like 4 p.m mm -hmm. and the sun or maybe like whatever the sun is about to set basically it's yeah. getting close to setting and I feel like it gives um that level like a also a lot of like like you feel like you need to get it done fast like it gives this sort of impression that you need to be you got like something that you have to get done. So there's something about the lighting angle in that in that level that um, gives it a lot of um, tension, which I really mm -hmm. enjoyed. Yeah, it reminded me of kind of coming up on the arbiter's ground with the like distance. Exactly. Broken down Hyrule crest in the distance and everything. Yeah, but then I thought harvest grounds was a little bit cooler, but it's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Well, well, they're I mean, going for a more, like, spooky vibe. It's scary. Yeah, yeah exactly. With Arbiter's Crown. This, is, this like, is a bit um, more, like, yeah, like, like urgent, a, I guess. <laughs> urgent, but also, like, a forgotten place. Like, mm -hmm. sand has come and everything is destroyed. Yeah, you know? it's more, like, melancholy than spooky. Yep. I think, like, the Arbiter's Grounds is intended, it was intended, I mean, it was a prison, so it was intended yeah. to be purposefully, like, removed and in the middle of nowhere and imposing. Mm -hmm. yeah. As opposed like, to this, this used to be a thriving area. It was a, it's a big just... mine with a bunch mm -hmm. of little robots mm -hmm. and their robot overlords. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because they're like, our masters told us to dig here or whatever in some of their dialogue. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they weren't just digging there by choice, but like we were told to harvest time stones from here or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, the whole time, the aspect of time shifting in this game in multiple ways, but that specific area is really cool mm -hmm. the visuals are especially striking where it's like the desert's kind of like i thought oh this is nice and like you know it's like a very like intensely rendered uh desert where there's like a mm -hmm. lot of different texture and like the color is cool and the lighting is cool and then once it goes to that the past where you mm -hmm. activate a time stone, everything is like vibrant and like brightly colored. I was like, this is quite the contrast from the way that I mm -hmm. <laughs> was experiencing this desert before. I thought the desert was like nice, but like the <laughs> the uh, the past experience of the desert is even cooler, where it's like very colorful and bright and mm -hmm. vibrant. It's very nice, and the mine itself has all these like decorative elements where there's like the little robots and stuff on all the walls and like decor yeah. and their little faces everywhere it's very charming yes. 
the floating, you know, like the floating tracks and stuff, they all have this sort of like abstract geometric pattern also, which is very, I don't know. It's just charming and, and vibrant. Even when those stupid BMOs are like coming at you, I'm like, you're so cute with your like little totem pole kind of vibe and you have to chop them down. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. And the little thing that shoots bombs at you that floats around. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that yeah, was, that yes. one was actually like the eye from, uh, from Phantom Hourglass, you know, the yeah. little floating, oh, yeah. floating beacon things or whatever they're called. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the BMOs were cute. They're like little sort of worried, <laughs> like shift when they get them down to like the bottom layer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They're like, oh no. <laughs> and then you like stab them. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the, what are the heads, the bouncing heads called? Armos. Armos. Yeah, Armos. Yeah. There's those again, but you have to blow the, you have to use the, like, the pot to blow air at them to open their little mouth mm -hmm. to access their, like, how Core. you, how you turn them off. Yeah. They were, like, hard, but I also enjoyed them, too. I was like, oh, these are back. Ah! Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> They'd always be like, let me carefully activate one. Nope, they're both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let's go all the way to the left side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow end up in the middle and you're like, damn it. <laughs> there was a lot of like the return of glowing tech this mm -hmm. time. Everything, everything that's sort of like technological has that like glowing Tron strip through it, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean that in a very fond way. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. There's a lot of glow, just like Twilight Princess. There's a lot of sort of like glowy things. Mm -hmm. um, the Gate of Time is also similar to Twilight Princess, at least the interior mm -hmm. part. The exterior oh, yeah. part um, is sort of like iridescent, purpley, blue kind mm -hmm. of color. And then the interior was that sort of same sort of like green, like the weird. It didn't have that like weird shifting effect as much as the one from Twilight Princess. Like the gate to the twilight or whatever. The mirror. Mm -hmm. The mirror. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever it was called. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But they still use that sort of like spirally layered effect in yes. the yeah. of time, which was cool. Yeah, it doesn't also like the way the like the cogs were like that were spinning. Yeah. It was like, sort of spinning out of nowhere. Like, mm -hmm. like and into the, this realm. <laughs> it made this really haunting ticking noise that wasn't mm -hmm. quite on time. It kind of had this like echo. Um it kind of reminded me more of changing time in Majora's Mask, where, oh, like, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of go back in time mm -hmm. and that you can hear the clock ticking or whatever. Um, yeah, well, all the, like, clock images spiral around you and you, like, plummet into the void. Yeah. <laughs> Just remembering how horrifying that game is for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the clock transition is pretty, pretty cool. But mm -hmm. it specifically reminded me of the part where the clock is slowing down and yeah. you can kind of hear yeah. it, like, ticking and then echoing. So if you st when you're standing near the gate of time before you go in, it makes this like sort of faded like clicking sound. I guess we should have talked about that during sound, but I just remembered it just yeah. now. We were talking about the actual mm -hmm. visual design of the gate too. But um, we had all the I think they had these other the marks in other games, but the mark of Nehru, mark of Faroi, and mark of mm -hmm. of Din all came mm -hmm. back again. So like I think we had those in uh, Ocarina of Time specifically. But also on, like, the Pearls and Wind Waker, mm -hmm. like, it's been repeated multiple times, yeah. so. Yeah. And then you go, like, stab them into the ground mm -hmm. to get the Triforce pieces. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had, like, the precursors of those images in Ocarina of Time, and then they were, like, yeah. fully established in Wind Waker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These ones that are in this game are definitely the same ones as Wind Waker. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right that they were slightly different in Ocarina of Time, but they were, they were getting there. Mm-hmm. 
um, speaking of dropping into the place to get the Triforce, there's like the Silent Realm. We, the, one interesting thing, in addition to the the time affecting the look and feel of a place, is the Silent Realm. Mm-hmm. So you have to return to all these places multiple times in the Silent Realm, which basically has this visual overlay that's like not dissimilar from the Twilight, I guess, in Twilight mm-hmm. Princess, where everything's kind of like washed out in blue as if it's like evening time. Mm-hmm. And then you have glowing stuff, um, like the tears of light that you have to pick up, which is also similar to Twilight Princess. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's straight concept. out of Twilight Princess. Like the vessel you put them in and everything is <laughs> right out of Twilight Princess. Yeah, except there's more of them and it's harder. <laughs> <laughs> and it's timed, right? It's basically timed because... Something like that, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's like not. I think it's the same amount of them. It's just yeah. like nothing's attacking you. Atta- exactly. You can, too long and yeah, you can take your sweet ass time finding all yeah. the bugs, you know, mm-hmm. like, and some of them are even more hidden. I think it's, yeah, the act yeah. of finding them is a little bit different, but yeah, I guess we should have talked about that music again in the, <sighs> oh yeah, the horrifying music. Too, I yeah. definitely didn't. Yeah. yeah it's a, Cause it's like when fine. you first enter the Twilight Realms, it has a sort of unsettling, but fairly calm music. But then, like, the second you run out of time or step out of the safe zone, it's like, like, if you played that music for someone and didn't tell them what game it was from and asked them to guess, nobody would guess a Zelda no. game. Like, yeah. <laughs> I actually, like, I don't know, Silent Hill? Like, Silent Hill. <laughs> to me, it sounds like an 80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. this, like, synth, I think, I don't know how it was actually, I mean, it must have been recorded with the orchestra or whatever, but it has this, like, bell kind of, like, sound effect in the background. They're playing, like, mm-hmm. some kind of xylophony bell thing. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's affected reminds me of like a synth, like an eighties mm-hmm. synth. It really reminds me of like eighties movies music, basically. Yeah, it in a horrifying like an indus- way, an industrial quality. To yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like in a yeah. different way than the Lenevu music does. No, that's that's charming. This is scary. Yeah. It's completely mm-hmm. different types of like, you know. Yeah, this is like <laughs> like grinding rusty factory equipment, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, like, ding, ding, we're robots trying to mine stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> this is my professional opinion. Yeah. Professional way of describing it. <laughs> but it's effective. Boy, did it make me go. Oh, <laughs> I hate the the ones where you step out. The first one, there's a tier of light, like, sp- right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you can at least get that one right away. But there's some where the first tier is, like, kind of far away from you. And they immediately start chasing you. So it starts immediately when you start the task, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like the first one you get in the um the Skyloft Silent Realm is like it's basically like a sprint race between you and, and a, the in the guardian, the guardian, the, guardian. the other direction is <laughs> basically like right on top of you when you hit yes. it. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is horrifying if they start to chase you, but that one was particularly horrifying because yeah. it's immediately right at the start. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I found one thing that was visually interesting. Also, one specific place or one. Oh, well, okay, I actually want to talk about a different effect. First, which is Girahim's um, diamond effect mm-hmm. that he uses when he transitions away, and it's used during the fight, and it's used on those like gates during the final fight when you have to run down the spiral. Yeah. And it's interesting; it reminded me of like the twilight little like pixely things that we talked oh, about yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, they kind of like float in in between you and Girahim. Like they have this like three dimensional sort of like floating effect. I don't know how to describe it. The way that it's positioned, it appears to be floating, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the the diamond texture on the fence just reminded me of those, like, the twilight fence things around, like, when you go to fight um, the beasts, twilight beasts or dark beasts yeah. or whatever they're mm-hmm. called. The oh, big okay. ones. Yes, 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 yes. The big ones. 
um, where you have to you have to tackle all of them at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, the yes. shadow beasts. Shadow beasts. Yeah, it's like whatever the fuck they're called. I don't know what mm-hmm. anything is called anymore. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Girahim's sort of like diamond level stage where you're following the textures repeated on the that the things where you fall down and have to stab him, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool too. And then the very last thing that I wanted to talk about was like. Um, Oh, the final fight. The place where the final fight with Demise takes place reminded me of the Dark Link room from Ocarina of Time, where it's kind of, like, reflected. It does change, but, like, right at the beginning of the fight, it's kind of, like, the sky that's reflected. It also reminded me of, like, the moon, inside the moon from Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that (laughs) reference, I guess. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you put them in the room like that, it reminds me of... It's like calling, it's kind of like re- referring somehow to Dark Link and how like you always have to fight darkness and the darkness in yourself. There's some kind of, I feel like there's some messaging there. It's my mm-hmm. take on it. I thought it was interesting, an interesting choice. Yeah, those were the specific visual things that I wanted to highlight from this game. Like overall, super high quality and really interesting. Like there are a lot of really interesting character designs, but those are just the things that I noticed that I really particularly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite games visually. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I had a really hard time ranking this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could talk about our, like, final <laughs> impressions, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really beautiful game. In, like, the yeah. visuals and the the music, for sure. And I thought the dialogue was also really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really... Like, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really good story. Yeah. I agree. And, like, the characters were strong, like, the mm-hmm. for a Zelda game, anyway. You know, the <laughs> relationships between the characters and the, like, little arcs they go through. It's, like, I think we were talking about last time, Spirit Tracks, it's, like, I don't need it. I don't need all the Zelda Link, like, dialogue. Like, it's cool. Like, I get that they're, they're you know, they're buddies now. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed, especially at the beginning or whatever, Zelda and Link's relationship as they're, like, friends and they're just, mm-hmm. like, hanging out. It was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little bit emotional in the part where she's about to, like, seal herself in the thing. I know. And... It's like, no, but you're just my mm-hmm. friend from Skyloft. Yeah. And it's like, wait, it's I'm me, not Link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, you get invested in their relationship mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I yeah. like the part, like, like, the part where she says, like, before I knew all this, I just enjoyed, like, being with you on Skyloft. And she says, I'm still your Zelda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone fainted. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the players. Also, the way, like, Link, like, runs up those little stairs, like, he's going fast enough that he, like, puts his hand down on, like, the top, the top yeah. of the stairs, like, you know, when you're running upstairs really fast. And right, right, right. wind up on all fours for a second. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And she's also, mm-hmm. like, she gives you so many positive affirmations, too, where she's like, mm-hmm. oh, you've come so far, you've grown so much. I learned all this stuff. But it's, like, yeah, very, that scene is also very touching. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've been apart for so long, yeah. And you fu- and you went to the Silent Realm so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, good, someone recognizes me. Yes. Groose <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. has his little character arc. <laughs> yeah, I liked him in the end. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good setup for growth and for jokes in this game. Like mm-hmm. how they they joked about his hair at the beginning. There's like a joke in the dialogue, and then like then Girahim says that. It's like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, we're only we're allowed to make fun of Grusser. <laughs> Bad guys aren't. 
Oh yeah, and then Zelda. Actually, what was most emotional about the thing Zelda said was that she was like, "I always woke you up, but now you have to come wake me up." Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. who's crying? <laughs> who's cutting onions? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it's a long game too, also, so I do feel like you get very invested by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're like, no, I went through so much to get here. <laughs> Don't go in the cocoon, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to take you back to the sky a lot. What about your dad? What the hell? Like, every time you talk to him, he's like, oh, I am worried about Zelda, but I think you'll be fine. I'm like, are you? I don't know. It's like, don't ask questions. Just keep playing the game. Okay. He's probably like, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? (laughs) I'm not going to the surface. What's wrong with all these kids today? Yeah. He's like, I hear, I mean, you say that she's like faded to some destiny, so I guess it's fine. Although I guess he, he had all the knowledge of like, the stuff from the past so i guess mm-hmm. he's like well if you say so but still it's like your daughter's joined a cult like go get her <laughs> yeah concerns anyway. yeah he did have a line where he said he was like starting to suspect that like like might have been the like hero they talked about so mm-hmm. i guess it's fair that he might have also suspected zelda's role and everything yeah probably well he was like i know what to do zelda you be the goddess this year yeah <laughs> Groose, you lose the race. I mean, (laughs) Link needs to win. We'll just see what happens. What could possibly go wrong? Them reuniting. Playing, acting out their roles that they had all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I enjoyed this game. I don't understand Mm -hmm. people's complaints. Maybe it's just because I played the Switch version and it was fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I was not looking forward to this game because I remember I played it. (laughs) When it, like, first came out, and it was fine. I enjoyed it. But, like, it was new, and, you know, I thought I had rose-colored glasses and stuff for, like, the excitement. Because I tried replaying it, and I could not get very far before I just kind of got bored and put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know exactly why, because I played it this time, and I, I had a blast. It was wonderful. I uh, I took the extra time to almost beat the game 100%. I think there's, like, one or two side quests that I didn't have i thought i didn't have time for it because i thought we were recording like two weeks earlier Mm -hmm. and then uh, i spent that other time doing like uh, watching the speed runs and stuff like that so i didn't Mm -hmm. pick it back Mm -hmm. up but yeah i wanted to keep playing so Mm -hmm. i i went uh, out of my way to do some other things so i enjoyed Mm it yeah so i don't know yeah it's a good game i think it's got a really strong main quest Mm -hmm. and I think it's lacking a little in the, like, side quest and exploration area, which are usually pretty strong in the Zelda games. Um, like, I really like the surface world and, like, the progression that goes on there through each mm-hmm. area, but, like, the sky's a little lacking. Like, you've only got, like, one main area. and That's true. Then, like, the island with the the inn, and then, like, it's just a bunch of, like, little floating rocks with, like, a treasure chest on them mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, it's definitely, like, not as interesting as, like, the islands from Wind Waker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I also, when I played this game before, I also wasn't super invested. I didn't play very much of it. I'm not sure how far I got. Um, I don't remember if I fought the um, Imprisoned or whatever the first time. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember doing most of this the stuff in Skyloft at the beginning, like, most of the... Or being like, oh, I remember this place, or I remember this thing when I got there. So I got a lot farther than I thought. I thought it was really good. I wasn't as, like, I wanted, the game that I most wanted to play out of all of these was, like, Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. probably, and also, like, Wind Waker, but I knew everything that was going to happen in Wind Waker. The most, the game that I wanted to play most, I didn't know anything that was going to happen was Ocarina of Time. 
I was like, oh man, I'm really excited to play Ocarina of Time later today. And I didn't mm-hmm. feel the exact same way about this game. I definitely was like, I really want to play it. I had a bunch of other things going on. We we discussed mm-hmm. <laughs> outside of recording that mm-hmm. I, I have, didn't finish. But like, I definitely wasn't as... I wasn't thinking about it all the time. Like I thought about Ocarina of Time. I'd be like, I wonder what's going to happen Like when, when I go to this mm-hmm. dungeon or whatever. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. I just didn't think about it as much, I guess. I didn't... Mm-hmm. I didn't like... I don't know. Wasn't as intrigued, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was such a good game, and it's like so nice to listen to, and it's like so fun to engage with. And like the, I thought the controls were generally good. I did complain to you, Kayla. I complained about my Wii, not Wii remote, the mm-hmm. Switch controller always going out of, um, I had to reset it like basically constantly, which I just mm-hmm. like got used to doing. But so that was the only thing that was a little bit weird. But all the like mm-hmm. sword controls and stuff were totally fine. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Or like we have to stab or rotate or whatever. Like that was all fine. What do you mean yeah. by that? You had to reset it. So you can reset the. So like you know when you start playing the game, you put the you put the Wii controller down like on a flat surface or whatever, mm-hmm. and it calibrates. Yeah. You can recalibrate. I guess you. I don't know if you can do it at will in the Wii version, but basically at will you can recalibrate the the Joy-Con. Mm-hmm. So you basically like hold it at whatever position you want to be pointing at the screen, and then you press Y, and it will re- oh, okay. recenter mm-hmm. the the reticle, mm-hmm. okay. and it like re recenters the like re levels it or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, it's using motion controls. Yeah, you can recenter it. You can't do the whole like recalibration thing at will, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like I could just like put it on a table and then press Y, and it would be flat mm-hmm. again. But I had to do it like basically. I would I sent a video to Kayla, and I was like, you like I would take the beetle out, use it one time call the beetle back, take the beetle out again, and the screen would start, like, spinning, like, as if it was, oh. like, rotating. Like, it already... So that was... It was, like, literally one time, every single time that I did something. Almost every time I did something, mm-hmm. I had to reset it. And, like, the walking on tightrope things never really worked out oh, for me. I always had yeah. to climb them. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's just, yeah, I think just the, my Joy-Cons, but yeah. Yeah. I think the deal with the, uh, the tightrope balance, it took me a little while to figure it out. You're not trying to, like, stay perfectly center. You just, like, when he tilts one way, you're supposed to, like, adjust it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you're ever going to stay perfectly center on it. Like, originally I'd be, like, trying to hold it yeah, like, perfectly, like, perfectly still. And then I realized, like, he's always going to tip to one side or the other. The whole game mm-hmm. is just to tip to the other direction and, <laughs> yeah. and readjust him. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. That one wasn't the one that bothered me, though. What bothered mm-hmm. me was, like, use the use the beetle one time and then have to mm-hmm. do it immediately. Like, I found that very strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to readjust sometimes, usually after I was, like, swinging it wild yeah, in a that makes battle sense. or something, but not not as often as you had to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, think I have mostly positive feelings about the motion controls with the... I was thinking about it, it's like, I think they're, like, 80% perfectly functional, 10% <laughs> really frustrating, and 10% the coolest I've ever felt playing. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like 80% of the time you don't notice because you're mm-hmm. running. And then like 10% are really cool because you're slashing and you're like, you land like a perfect hit on an enemy that's like just the right, they had their a gap mm-hmm. like just the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other ten yeah. percent is like me spinning around the, the reticle yeah. spinning around because I needed to and reset even some it. of the like the like theatrical <laughs> moments of like drawing the sword out of the pedestal yeah. and yeah. stuff, and putting and, the like, sword in the ground, and just jabbing it in the ground are really cool. It is really cool. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was the only times I was like got really frustrated with it was in the final battles, which I think ran into the same kind of um, spirit tracks problem of it asking for like a little mm. bit more than the. Like technology was quite equipped to deliver, because mm-hmm. um, like I had trouble with Girahim when you have to break down his giant sword, 
Mm. Like, yeah, you I don't know. Stop. I genuinely don't know what I did differently when I finally managed to beat him <laughs> than all the times it wasn't working. But, <laughs> but I got through that somehow. And then, um, during the fight with Demise, when you're supposed to, like, catch the lightning. Yeah. Like, sometimes Link just, like, wouldn't raise his sword up. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Put your sword up! Put your sword yeah. up! I mean, I guess one thing about the, the, the Switch version is you can definitely always get it to point up if you, uh, like, if you reset or whatever. So that would be mm-hmm. easy. The one, the other thing that was yeah, the most annoying was just, like, was there was the... so much, like, it was, you had to do it so quickly. So, like, there wasn't yeah. really time to, like, readjust. So, eventually, I got the... I beat him by eventually getting into the rhythm of like if I he's not lifting it right away, just give up, swing your sword a few times, and get it the next time. Just yeah. get out of get out of the <laughs> out of just the strike zone of so she doesn't smack yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the one other really annoying thing for me was like you can in this game you can throw bombs or you can roll them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I yeah. still never figured out how to orient the controller exactly the way I wanted it to that when it like initially so I'd have to like kind of wiggle it point it up and then I think it was confused and it would like point down and I was like what well, I don't know what which way I need this mm-hmm. to actually be so I don't know I think that's also just me a me problem mm-hmm. but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, was I say, struggled with that so I never um through my Wii mode or did any property damage, but I did at one good. point uh, upend a bowl of potato chips doing <laughs> a uh, up to up uh, down to up strike. <laughs> with <the> oh. Sword. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I swung I swung it upward and like caught the lip of the potato chips. <laughs> I had <laughs> you know, the... they, they went flying everywhere. <laughs> I had the Wii or the Switch the Joy-Con straps on and stuff like at first, and then I was like, mm-hmm. screw this, and then I didn't have any problems because yeah, they're less slippery than Wii remotes though, and they're yeah. less heavy mm-hmm. as we discussed before. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. I wasn't super worried about it, but I didn't. I didn't throw any, and I don't. Did I? Hit, I don't think I hit anything. But every time I fl- also, I really bad. I said earlier, I'm really bad at flying, and every single time I had to fly, I, my arm would end up being like I was like stretched out as far as possible for like no reason, like in front of me, like <laughs> go up, go down, and it's like you don't even have to do that. I just like really struggle. I just wouldn't <laughs> think about it and be like, why is my arm so far away from my body? Yeah. And you're like halfway through trying to fly or up to Skyloft <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I actually really like the motion controls for the flying and for the it beetle makes sense. and stuff. Like oh, the, I love the beetle. The, like, the slight tilts to yeah, you, change direction works really well. Tilt up and tilt down and then mm-hmm. um, like lean it to the side to mm-hmm. turn left and right. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. The story was good. The visual, musicals, music and visuals are good. I thought... I know people don't didn't like how it was linear, but it's like, it's still 2011. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know some of the critics were like, oh, there's like more modern open games or whatever. And it's like, yeah. eh, I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a linear game. No. Mm-hmm. I do think... I th- the lack of exploration. Like, even most Zelda games are pretty linear. Like, yeah. There's yeah. more... There's I think the problem is there's more exploration and side quests and stuff you can do in other yeah. games compared to this one, so they feel more... Less linear. But, and like, also, the main story is almost always pretty linear. There's a couple games where you can do dungeons out of order, but... That's definitely true. But, like, one thing was, like, you had all these... One thing that annoyed me about the sort of linearness was, like... Or, like, kind of... I don't know. It's an aspect of the linearness, but it's, like... You can't, like, teleport between all the... Th- you can't just go to a statue and teleport to the other statues. Yeah. You have to go mm-hmm. take us, Go up and then, like, go back to the sky. Go back to the portal... And then choose where you're going to land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we had quick travel in, like, Majora's Mask. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you do it here if you're going to put in statues like this? I thought that was kind of strange, mm-hmm. personally. And then I you feel can't... like that was almost entirely so they could have Bruce follow you down the line. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's fine. 
you can't it's hard to it's hard to like explore to go to different areas too like you can't really just like walk from the woods to the volcano or you can't just like walk from the woods to the desert yeah. i mean like kind of later you can but but like that was also one thing it's like in in twilight princess and ocarina of time and all those all the other 3d zelda games you can go like you can traverse to yeah. the mm -hmm. whole map like by walking and i feel like in this game it was sort of restricted where you had to go up to the sky or whatever to yeah. go to those places. i think i read that they wanted them all to be interconnected but just couldn't manage it with the it seems like a lot like either the the production timeline or the technology available yeah. at the time i'm so. sure there's a reason but i think mm -hmm. it's a, a criticism that it's like i it's a criticism mm -hmm. that i definitely understand where yeah, yeah it would be cooler if you could if just walk through it on the surface world but, let me walk all the way through mm -hmm. for no reason like i would do it the maps themselves definitely feel like very enclosed too like mm -hmm. um you know like mm -hmm. a lot of areas have like walls around them or whatever yeah. like mm-hmm but yeah. I do really like each of the individual areas Me too. and like how they yeah. progress as you go through the game. Like you visit you know, them multiple times, but it's never exactly the same. Like it's never the same. And then like you can expand, like you go to different parts mm -hmm. of the area. So it's like, you're kind of familiar, but then it expands a little bit more. Like that was mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. yeah. Like you had a little Nehru like main area and then you go to like the sand sea part mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which was all very charming. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like, Faron Woods gets flooded at one point. And yeah. Like, Elden Volcano becomes a weird little stealth game at one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is kind of reminiscent of that, um, I think it's uh, Oracle of Ages, where you, like, crash land on that island and the lizard oh, people yeah, steal yeah, all your yeah. items and you have to get <laughs> back, like, in a yeah. certain order. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely other, like, um, I can't remember if it was that game, but there's other games that have that sort of, like, aspect to go get mm -hmm. all your stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about ranking this. Mm -hmm. Does anyone yeah. have any strong opinions? Uh, I settled on putting it under Ocarina of Time. Like, more out of respect for Ocarina of Time <laughs> than, like, a lack of enjoyment of Skyward Sword, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is hard to decide if it's better than Ocarina of Time. That's like, mm -hmm. I feel like all my ranking was, like, is it better than Ocarina of Time? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, that's point one. And then it's, like, it becomes a ranking between them. Yeah. I don't know. Right now on my list, first I had it below Ocarina of Time, and then I changed my mind after I finished watching the playthrough, and now I have it between, so I had, um, oh, also I forgot to mention this earlier, but it is, it's been live for a long time, but I made a, a doc, because one time I was editing this conversation, and it was really confusing to me while I was editing it, so I made a public, oh, it's not a doc, sorry, I made a public page on our website, todaygotherpodcast.com or whatever, that has, um, there's a link in the show notes, hold on, let me get the, hold on. <laughs> Whatever our website is. <laughs> I don't remember what page, what the page name is. Staytogetherpodcast.com slash. There we go. Okay, yeah. So it's staytogetherpodcast.com slash L-O-Z dash game dash rank. Mm -hmm. And it's also linked to the show notes if you don't want to type. But yeah, so it has all our ranking because this conversation got really confusing now that we've played like mm -hmm. whatever 12 games. So this is the, this is the 13th game that we've played. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, okay, back to what I was saying before. I had it below Ocarina of Time for me, and now I have it above Majora's Mask. So I have Wind Waker, then Twilight Princess in this game, because I definitely don't think that it's better than Twilight Princess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a matter of personal enjoyment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a matter of personal enjoyment, because I think that also, like, <laughs> I think, like, Midna's a better sidekick. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a very, I can't tell if it's just below Ocarina of Time or just above Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. for me yeah and i think it's like 
<laughs> I think it's hard to rank because like parts of it are really, really strong and yeah. parts of it are kind of lacking. So it's like the, mm-hmm. the visuals and music are really, really strong. I think the main quest is really strong. It's lacking Dialogue. a bit in the overall like world and exploration aspect mm-hmm. and the controls are a bit janky, though not as much yeah. as people say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, think it was that bad. Yeah. Like I had my specific like, complaints, but it's like not Ocarina of Time is a little janky too. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's janky because it's an N sixty four game. Yeah, it's an N sixty four game. So, like, yeah, it's hard to say. And then I think like, there's like, okay, this game also has like you're going back in time, you know. So it has like a, a lot of similarities to Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. like, and then the story. Obviously, I think the story in this game is really on point. I think it does a really good job of establishing the lore kind of tying all the lore together of other games mm-hmm. which makes it really good and mm-hmm. then the visuals obviously visual i mean the music also is just amazing and the yeah. visuals are really like peak because it's you know best technology so far that we've played a game on mm-hmm. um and it doesn't stray like too far from other zelda games you know like it i feel like it's still within the zelda family in terms of visuals and stuff it just has like a very like a a nice aesthetic a newer aesthetic which is cool mhm yeah i think it's so a nice yeah i think reach is a nice like happy medium between realism and stylization mhm 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 i'm going to keep my rank for now of between mm-hmm. so for me it's wind waker twilight princess skyward sword majora's mask then ocarina of time mm-hmm. but it's really hard to decide i agree mm-hmm. i also felt the same way as you where i originally had it below ocarina of time mm-hmm. yeah and it's like i wavered back and forth i just settled on there like like i yeah. said more out of like respect for ocarina of time and like yes. all, all the things it does mm-hmm. rather yeah. than any lack of enjoyment of skyward sword because i did enjoy skyward sword a lot i definitely didn't enjoy it as much as twilight princess though i'll say mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't yeah, know so... why though like i don't i don't know twilight princess is like twilight princess is like I feel like Twilight Princess is, like, the best iteration of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And then Skyward Sword is, like, the only version of itself. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah. And then also we know Breath of the Wild is coming. Like, we're going to mm-hmm. play Link Between Worlds, but then Breath of the Wild comes next. And that's, like, a whole other level of yeah. video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the last, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think Twilight Zelda, Princess Zelda, is kind of, like, yeah, like, the best, like, classic Zelda, like, without a weird twist to it or anything. Mm-hmm. Like... Like a Zelda game when you think of a Zelda game. So. Yeah, there's like castles and mm-hmm. you know I don't know like mm-hmm. it's because like I have Wind Waker and Majora's Mask above Twilight Princess, but those are both kind of oddballs in their own way. Like they're not yeah. really like like yeah. the Zelda experience. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Twilight Princess also is like very like like I think the Zelda series originated as this sort of like medieval European fantasy vibe game and like twilight mm-hmm. princess has that aesthetic and it's like yes. the maximize that aesthetic whereas things like wind waker and manish cap they have this i think like a different side of fantasy and i think like like skyward sword leans more into that where mm-hmm. there's like there's floating islands there's like mm-hmm. you know Mitch cap is like there's little people that like mm-hmm. you know and you can just switch to their size and their perspective and like mm-hmm. wind waker is sort of it's like in this out of this world kind of experience because it's like cartoony mm-hmm. but then also it's like you're in the ocean and then there's like the world underneath the ocean and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i feel yeah, they're like a bit more on the like whimsical extreme yeah, of fantasy whimsical. compared to like the more quote-unquote grounded like 
yeah. medieval castle knights and dragons mm-hmm. kind of yeah. fantasy. Yeah. I think Breath of the Wild is a whole other genre of fantasy, probably, yeah. that we'll get to mm-hmm. later. But I, I don't know what it is yet. But it's I think it's, like, different than those. Yeah. And so Post, I think that's post-apocalypse fantasy. Yeah. It's post-apocalyptic, <laughs> like, um, pioneer fantasy or something, where, which I feel like is a very popular mm-hmm. type of game these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're, go- you're going in... I mean, so it's it's post-apocalyptic, so there, nobody's there, but you're, like, out, like, striking mm-hmm. out into this unmapped world where you're going yeah, out it's... and recovering all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. further post-apocalyptic than you usually think of with post-apocalyptic. Like, yeah, the, it's like the world has started to regrow. Regrow. People <laughs> yeah. haven't started to rebuild that much yet. Exactly. So. But then there's still mm-hmm. some ruins. Like, there's still a lot of ruins mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. series. But, yeah, like, it's like nature's taken over, and so it has, like, a this sort of post-apocalyptic, like, really lush aesthetic as opposed to, like, post-destruction, like, mm-hmm. the desert aesthetic in this game, for example, where there's just, like, yeah. it's barren. It's, like, a different type of... Yeah, anyway, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Cosmo, you didn't say what your rank yet. We've talked a lot. I <laughs> think... I put it right underneath Minish Cap for me. Oh, underneath Minish Cap. I so really both like of Minish you... Cap. Both of you said it was worse than, or you ranked it below Ocarina of Time, not worse. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not the right way. To, I don't think. I think we've already decided that we don't we don't rank these based yeah, on some kind of objective, objective quality yeah, yeah, yeah. ranking or whatever. <laughs> it's more about our like feels, basically, mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, you can go to like uh, those ranking sites to get a quote unquote objective yeah, quality whatever. ranking, <laughs> where, they, where they summarize the reviews and give them points and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this game has one of the highest ranked. It had, like, I think according to Wikipedia that I was skimming earlier, it has, like, an aggregator view of, like, 93 out of 100 or something, which is, like, mm-hmm. but, like, all of them are like that. We chat every single time where, like, nobody's ever, like, there was never a shitty Zelda game that came out. Like, yeah. there was never even, mm-hmm. like, like, none of us liked Zelda 2. But nobody was ever, like, that game sucked. Like, critically, yeah. that game was bad. It didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't ingenuitive. It didn't use the, utilize technology to mm-hmm. its ex- maximum. Like, None of those Zelda games are like that. So, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, then you're just, yeah, there's making, no, you know, between there's no apples. bad mainline Zelda games. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't even know if there's bad non mainline ones. Well, <laughs> how do you feel about Tingles, <laughs> Rosie <laughs> Ruby Land? <laughs> well, let's say non mainline ones <laughs> made CBI by Nintendo. Ones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't know what the quality of any of those games is. They're mm-hmm. like very outside of the story, though, right? Like, they're not considered canon and stuff. There's some that have like different. Yeah different yeah, uh, um, stuff that happens. I haven't played them personally but all evidence points to them being pretty terrible <laughs> from what I've seen of the gameplay are you saying the Philips CDI wasn't a heavily invested in and, and profitable like game system like I don't know or whatever I, I don't even know but yeah basically they're all good games so the question is like then you're ranking them based on what and we've discussed a lot of reasons why we mm-hmm. like them or not Cosmo just loves Minish Cap, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's the the coziness and like the relaxing nature of Minish Cap to me. I think I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I like that one too much. And then I think like, <laughs> Wind Waker, Ocarina, those I have, um, you know, nostalgia for. And then Twilight I feel like we all have our like one oddball ranking that we just yeah. like really like that one. Like I still have Link's Awakening like right below all the <laughs> 3D games because I just really liked Link's Awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Although we all said Majora's Mask was, we all ranked Majora's Mask better than Ocarina or higher than Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. It's like I have Phantom Hourglass really high. That's the one that I have below Ocarina of Time. So because mm-hmm. I really like Phantom Hourglass. 
Yeah, New Like Link's Awakening. And mm-hmm. Cosm also has Phantom Hourglass below here. So Cosm's is Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, Midish Cap, then Skyward Sword. Yeah. Yours, Kayla's, is Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. And then Link's Awakening, as you said. Yep. <laughs> and then mine is currently Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. So I ranked it higher than everybody, <laughs> than you two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard, though. I still don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe I'll change my mind later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I I do... Th- I think that it's a... I I personally rank it higher than Ocarina of Time, but it's really hard to say whether or not it's a better game than Ocarina of Time or Majora's mm-hmm. Mask. Mm-hmm. But I have, I, I'm certain that I wouldn't rank it as high as Twilight Princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's, therefore, that's why it's there. <laughs> yeah. I do think of Minish Cap when I think of this game, like, visuals-wise. Like, they mm-hmm. both have, like, really standout okay. visuals to me. Like, <laughs> And they're both, like, this, like mm-hmm. a similar... Not not the same aesthetics, but, like, a similar, like, vibe. Like, Cosmos, like, Minish mm-hmm. Cap is such, like, a calming and, and charming mm-hmm. game. And I think a lot of this game is, too. Like, even when you land in Farron Woods for the first time, where it's, like, you don't know what's going on. Like, you don't know where you're mm-hmm. going yet. You don't know what kind of, if how hostile the land is below because you, all you heard so far is rumors. And it's like charming little woods with like flute music and cute mushrooms mm-hmm. and like, you know, tiny it, birds. Tiny birds, the tiny birds. <laughs> it becomes horrifying in the silent realm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, you've no idea. And that's kind of like your first introduction. And Skyloft itself is a very nice, idyllic place where. Mm-hmm. There's little waterfalls, and if you accidentally fall off, the bird police will catch you, and whatever, <laughs> like, like you know, like, there's a beetles there flying his little bike-powered store around, floating around. Sorry, I'm just like, the bird police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One time I jumped off at night because I wanted to go somewhere, and they're like, hey, yeah. buddy, and I was yeah. like, uh, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> just because Nintendo didn't want to program the sky at night. How rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, really uh, funny. Yeah, I was, like, out there at night after, like, doing something with Patro at the beginning or whatever. And I was yeah. like, I think you can't fly at night. And I threw myself off the edge. And I was like, yep, can't fly at night. <laughs> I just wanted to go do the next thing that I needed to do. And I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, though. I was like, it reminded me of Lakitu or whatever from Mario. Oh, <laughs> where yeah, they're yeah. always yeah. picking you up. <laughs> mm-hmm. For Mario Kart, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and waggling his finger funny. at you when you're going the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a good... I really enjoyed this game. Mm-hmm. At least I enjoyed the amount that I played out of it. I would like to go back and finish playing yeah. it. It's something I look forward to <laughs> finishing playing when I have a lot of time to go through and play it because it's just it's so it's such a long game, mm-hmm. so much longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> than I thought. Yeah, I think this is my longest story summary script, and I cut down a lot. To it's very complicated. <laughs> try and make it to try and make it more brisk. <laughs> I feel like they. You know, Nintendo is like, you go to this, do these three things, then do these three things, then do these three things. Then you can mm-hmm. finally fight. And then the last fight's like five steps. So it's like, yeah. and then I remember like in the, in the, in Skykeep, I was like, oh, this is the level where it's all the other levels, you know, like mm-hmm. they like to do that yeah. too. Like there's a lot yeah. of repeated mechanics, yeah. um, you know, sort of expected or mechanics that are really easy to figure out if you've already played a bunch of Zelda games. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. And I really yeah. enjoyed the music and the visuals. I thought that was lovely. And the HD version is really nice if you're thinking of buying it because you like yep. this game or you haven't played it yet. You should definitely get the HD mm-hmm. version and you have a yeah. Switch. And you don't have to use the motion controls like we talked about. So that's if that's something that you didn't like about it, then good news. You can yeah. try the stick ones. <laughs> stick and button <laughs> ones. 
Um, I wrote a bunch of <laughs> quotes that I was going to use for the end. Which one was the one I actually wanted to use? <laughs> oh, what I said was, well, personally, I've come to consider the information corresponding to our time together among the most precious data oh. that I have on record. <laughs> so, <laughs> but my second follow-up choice was, when you see Zelda, tell her I said, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Chris. <laughs> 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 fucking moron anyway <laughs> lovable moron Chris is great. <laughs> yeah he's great um anyway i hope everyone's excited for tears of the kingdom when this episode comes out we'll only have like 12 days left or t wow. 11 days left i guess because it's this episode comes out may 1st tears of the kingdom comes out may 12th, 12th. so everybody be ready mm -hmm. i'm yeah. super excited i have my pre-order in join us june 1st for a link between worlds and hope everyone enjoys Tears of the Kingdom, and we'll see you again. Oh, thanks for listening. Thank you for yeah, listening. Thank thanks you. for putting up with us, lol. <laughs> we'll see you then. Okay. Take Bye -bye. care, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>